Good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Man, I enjoyed the basketball so much last night. What a game. I watched a little bit of the baseball. Like I, when it got to like 5 nothing, it made it easier for me to commit to just basketball. I was doing the bit where I had basketball on the TV, baseball on the um, the my old laptop whose screen is kind of cracked. So like they were like, hey, you know, you could you could sell it, but you'd only get a little bit of money because people had. So I just kept it and I just basically use it as a screen because it's only like the little corner that's the problem. Um, I had the baseball game on that while I had the basketball game on the TV, and I knew, and Rita and I were talking about it when we were on 105.7 last night, I knew that I was going to be more enticed by the basketball game than I was going to be by the baseball game, but I figured I would try to do as much of a 50-50 split, and when it went to 5 nothing, I was like, yep, I think I'm good. I think I'm good, and I was far more committed at that point to basketball the rest of the night, and I'm glad I made such a decision. Because it turned out to be great. Um, I mean, pretty remarkable for Vegas. I Tough, tough night. Tough series for Brianna Stewart. Tough night. But um, pretty impressive, impressive Vegas down a lot of players to Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum. It's a hell of a team, man. Like, they are so loaded out there. As they won a, a second straight title, came down the wire, and um, Vandersloot still got a great look from the corner at the end. And you know, I guess if there's two seconds more in that game, New York wins at the buzzer and they force a game five. But not the case as uh, Vegas wins the series three games to one. Just, just awesome basketball. By the way, how good is Holly Rowe? That was the other thing about last night's broadcast. Like Holly Rowe is so underrated among broadcasters like damn she is good and entrenched and has such great relationships you can tell how well she's liked and she knows exactly where to go with questioning afterwards she she's awesome too but um that was thrilling the baseball was not thrilling remember Josh Young tried to make it interesting I I think the question as far as moving forward is concerned is can Max Scherzer find it before the playoffs are over? If if he can't, the Rangers might still have enough. I, I assume they let him go ahead and pitch again. Like, if somehow this series gets to seven games, I assume they go ahead and... Uh, no, no, no. If, yeah, he would pitch um, game seven, because they're going to use Dunning after Heaney, right? Like, they'll use... Tomorrow's Dunning, or... To, yeah, today tonight, is Heaney, yeah. right? Yeah. Tonight's Heaney. Unless he, needs, so, I don't know, it's just what? throws three pitches an inning or something. But what do you mean? Uh, like unless he needs just is like cruising, kind of almost like he was. Against oh, the you're saying that they yeah. wouldn't go to Dunning at that point? Yeah. Um, I guess that's possible. I um, mean, I, but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem likely. I, I just, I would assume that so, they line this back up. Yeah, it would likely. Be. They would be willing to go to. Sh- I guess the interesting part would be: was it so bad last night that they now have to reconsider what they do in Game Seven? If it gets there. And I don't know if it's going to get there. I have no idea. But as we talked about when it was 2-0 in that series and 1-0 in the NLCS, I thought one of those series was over, and I didn't think it was this one because this is still the Houston Astros that we're talking about. This is... 
I, I get it. Offensively, coming into last night, Jordan Alvarez was the only guy that was producing at all, and then all of a sudden, everyone was producing last night. All of a sudden, you couldn't get anybody out, and that's that's the Astros. That's how it works. You can hold them in check for a couple of games, and then all of a sudden, they remind you they're the Astros. So, is is it series on? Obviously, Houston has to win one of the next two games in order to make sure that it gets back to Houston. But if it does, if they can somehow get it to 3-2 and go back to Houston, you're telling me that they can't win that? I, I, Yeah, it's series on. And even if Texas were to win the night, all, again, all they got to do is win one more. They got to win one of two in Dallas now in order to make it a series. So, I don't know, I very much think that that series is still alive, that that series is still up for grabs. And this was the reason why I understood that the, um, actually, I, it's funny, what are the odds, how did the Superbook change it? Just because the Astros won last night here. Let's, Let's find that out. See. Astros win one game. And I wonder what it does to even the World Series odds, how much they change just by one wow. win. Did you, do you see it yet? Um, it's not as significant as I thought it would be. I mean, the Rangers moved from what they were 125 yesterday 135. to one, 135 to 195. The Astros are still sitting at plus 440. It moves, but help, help the Diamondbacks. They, where were they? They were at eight, 1855. So they're at 1850, 1850 <laughs> now. I guess that was one bet. Maybe that moved that. Those odds from Superbook.com. You can go right now to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up. And when you do, you'll receive a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. Again, with Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. The series, the ALCS, is now Astros just plus 190. That's why I'm surprised about the World Series prices. That series is now Rangers minus 240, Astros plus 190 which almost indicates to you that they would lean towards the ALCS winner. Maybe that's because of the home field advantage thing. But didn't we say the Phillies would have home field advantage over the Astros? Yes. So that doesn't that really make case. sense. I mean, it does. So that's why the the Philly or the Astros World Series odds didn't didn't, didn't crumble change. too yeah. much is because in this scenario, it, they still would have the advantage. Um I wonder if that's that's my dad. I wonder. I don't know who that would be calling in here at the start of the show just to say hello at 10.08 in the morning. I don't know who that would be. Um, but, yeah, I guess that might be the reason for that. I guess. I don't, I don't know that, but I guess it might be. Game four of the NLCS. Or sorry, game four of the ALCS is tonight. Game three of the NLCS is the afternoon game today. So they're back to two games a day. Today, NLCS first, ALCS later. They did the opposite thing earlier in the week. They will switch it up tonight for um, the MLB playoffs as they continue. As far as the Ravens are concerned and what we learned yesterday, the good news, Adafi Owe back on the practice field. And particularly in the context of could the Ravens end up making a trade at the deadline and whether or not edge rush is going to be considered it would be nice for them probably to get Adafi Owe back on the field for a few games and get a more complete picture of everything they have edge rush-wise and whether or not it makes sense. I will continue to say 
even though they are tied for the NFL lead in sacks, even though they had this tremendous game against the Titans on Sunday, they padded stats at the end of that game. Which doesn't mean they're desperate in the department. They've definitely gotten more from Jadeveon Clowney, and you'll hear segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with Jadeveon Clowney later on in the program. Tyus Bowser Show brought to you by A.J. Michaels. Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We'll be back November 7th for the next Tyus Bowser Show back at Guilford Hall Brewery, so don't come out on Halloween. Well, you can go there on Halloween, but there will be no Tyus Bowser Show that night. We'll be back the following Tuesday for the next Tyus Bowser Show. You'll hear segment number two coming up a little bit later on. I guess I should also mention today, uh, Nate Ebner is going to join us, three-time Super Bowl champion, former U.S. Olympic rugby player. One of those two sports stories that I know got, got was getting attention in 2016, but I feel like somehow not even as much attention as it deserved. It was pretty remarkable that an active NFL player was playing in the Olympics, uh, playing rugby. But uh, Nate Ebner is going to join us. You say, why? Well, you might remember two weeks ago there was a story about the Ravens using rugby balls in practice. And then they dropped a bunch of passes against the Steelers. And some folks like Rex Ryan were like, yo, what the F? Get rid of the rugby balls. What are we doing? Well, I I don't know if rugby balls could help, could make things better. So let's ask someone who played both football and rugby. Seems like a good idea to me. So we'll talk to Nate Ebner about that a little bit later on. Uh, Also this morning, of course, we'll make picks with our buddy Ken Zalas. That's all coming up on the program today. Back to the thought about Adafi Owe. You get a cleaner picture of exactly where the Ravens are in the edge rush spot if you get Adafi Owe out there for maybe two games that he'll be able to play before the deadline. I don't know what Adafi Owe could do in those two games that would suddenly make me say you don't need edge rush help or you couldn't still use a an alpha in the edge rush department. I would be more willing to listen to the idea that maybe you don't need to go bargain shopping in the edge rush department. If I'm if I'm going edge rush, I'm going highest end. I'm going Daniel Hunter, Brian Burns, to a lesser degree Chase Young. I saw a pro football focus floating around the Chase Young trade that would be multiple third round picks for Chase Young. Like, okay. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, he's 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 off to a good start to the season. Could we get down to throwing like a fourth or a fifth or something? Or I don't know. I have I no know. idea. I couldn't tell you. Believe it or not, I I have not been on the phone with Martin Mayhew or Magic. Jo- I am reading the Magic Johnson book. Boy, Roland Lazenby, who is one of the great auth- sports authors of a generation. Jesus Christ, seven hundred seventy-eight pages on Magic Johnson. It's a Harry Potter book. I read fifty-four pages last night, and I feel like I'm. I, there's no way. There's just no way. It's very good. I'm looking forward to chatting with him about it, and I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a hell of a topic, but 778 pages. Seven, I grabbed the book the other day. I'm like, all right, well, I got two weeks. I can start working on this. I'm like, I'm going to need a year. Going to need a lot more time than that to work on this book. Um, but, yes, I would, be, I, I, I would be looking at the higher end if I'm going edge rush. I had somebody ask me, like, wouldn't Miko Hardman have made sense for the Ravens? Why? Again, I don't think what they're missing at the moment is depth. 
I kind of get it for the Chiefs. It's the familiarity factor, low price, fine. I don't know what Miko Hardman is if he shows up in Baltimore. I, I don't know where he would fit in. If you are going around Rashad Bateman, it's for someone who's definitely better than Rashad Bateman, and I don't know if Miko Hardman is that. More rumors that Devontae Adams is frustrated and Ravens fans licking their chops go, oh, Devontae Adams. <laughs> I'd still be surprised, but is it impo- I, I can't suggest anything is impossible anymore at the trade deadline. I can't do that. The Ravens have been active. I was reminded yesterday by someone whose opinion I trust that if there's something that we would know the Ravens would be inclined to do, I feel like the position that we have most ignored in talking about the deadline, we've been talking about edge rush, we've been talking about running back, we've been talking about Devontae Adams, we've even talked about guard, would be cornerback. That Remember, this was a Ravens leadership group that wanted to build a defense from the outside in. That if there was a way that they were inclined to go, cornerback would be the position they would look for help at. And that made sense to me. Now, again, what's out there? I don't know. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about corner. It's pretty funny that that's the case, considering how desperate they were at the position at the beginning of the year, that I guess the secondaries have played well enough that we've kind of been like, eh, all's good here. But is it actually all's good? I don't know. I'm still more inclined to want a high-end edge rusher than I am cornerback help, but I guess if there was a high-end cornerback to be found, I'd still have the conversation. And it all continues to operate around the idea of, you know, what is the price the Ravens are willing to pay, particularly in the Lamar Jackson contract era. Like the price for Devontae Adams, as much as we all say, well, that's Devontae Adams, that's when it starts getting tricky because now you're talking about multiple high picks at a time where you're not going to have as much money to spend on outside help. So it's like, could they go the route that the Rams almost went and go all in? No, they're not, go they're not all, going to go do completely that. The Baltimore Ravens will not win a do Super that. Bowl this yes, year. They're not, I, look, man, trust me, don't get me wrong. I'd love to win a Super Bowl, but the Baltimore Ravens will not be that team. They never, that will never occur. Um, which doesn't mean they might not make a trade, or it doesn't mean they might not even consider doing something slightly bolder than we'd expect them to do, given that. But they do have to measure everything. Like The fact that they are moving into the Lamar Jackson contract era and so much of their cap is going to be sucked up by one player, they're going to have to be able to have more paths in order to add talent to the team. So it's one thing when you look at a second-round pick for Roquan Smith and say, really, is the second-round pick going to be spent in a better way than Roquan Smith? Of course not. But when you get into the multiple pick territory, when you're talking about, you know, whatever it would be for a Devontae Adams, I know the thing that um, whoever it was, FanDuel, whoever floated around was like a first rounder and a third rounder this year and then a second rounder the following year. You can say that's a reasonable price for Devontae Adams, but then you're going to start getting into the next question, which is, is there a better way to spend three top round first two-day picks? And the answer is undoubtedly yes. You hit on all of those picks. And I get it. That's a tricky conversation. Right now, the Ravens' third-round pick is MIA. They didn't have a second-round pick yesterday, last year, and Roquan Smith worked out all right. 
They've had issues with their second, third round picks in not so re- not so distant history. They've had problems in those rounds. But you absolutely can spend three early round picks better than even one really good player. That can be done. So it becomes a trickier conversation. As far as John Harbaugh's update on Tyus Bowser, I, I can't add anything to it. He says there's apparently some doctor's meetings around this weekend. Said, I hope he's going to be back. Well, I none of it means anything. None of us gives us any sort of update. We addressed it with Tyus Bowser in segment number one of the Tyus Bowser show. He said what he was going to say. This is kind of where we are, man. I, I said this last night. It's frustrating because we live in the era of information and we always want to know more. But this is going to be the reality sometimes. It is their right to whatever is going on, keep it as close as they want to keep it. And hopefully this weekend, whatever those doctors' meetings are, everybody gets thumbs up and ties Bowser's back out on the field and none of this is ever a conversation that we have to have again. And I don't just say that as someone who hosts a show with Tyus Bowser. I say that because it'd be best for the Baltimore Ravens. It'd be best to have your football players on the field. That's that's the thing you want. So we'll see how it goes. Doesn't look like Marcus Williams will play this week. Um, the topic that we got into last night, and I got some good responses to it, uh, and some that came in after the show last night, so I wanted to follow up with it. The topic that we got into last night, and it's ironic because we'll do picks a little bit later on today, and I'm still not sure where I'm leaning yet. But I had a moment where it hit me. Has I don't know if the numbers moved since then, if it's still three points. But I had a moment where it hit me, and I said, why are the Ravens favored by three points in this game? What what am I missing here? It is still three points. It used to be that um, it, Vegas would give you three points just by being the home team. It was a long-held belief. The number was, I think, officially something like 2.8. That The math said just being at home was worth 2.8 points in the NFL. I was talking to Jonas Schaefer about this because he said he was doing some research on this, and he said the number now is more like a point and a half. Hmm. It's changed for a few reasons. Crowds aren't quite the same as they used to be in the NFL for the most part. I think a lot of people have pointed that out in Baltimore. I, it's the nature of how much money you're charging for tickets. You 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 still get plenty of the the a holes that want to fight. Those people still exist. Thank, thank goodness. But some of the younger, more passionate fans are no longer. They've been priced out of going to NFL games. Those tickets are for corporate folks. It's not all of that. Obviously, as you see, it's gross. The, the fights every week around the end. I mean, it's just disgusting. It's part of the reason why I have no interest anymore. I would not. like. I, I would rather do anything than go to an NFL game. I'm just over it. But that's part of the reason why this has happened. Part of the reason is because teams have gotten better over the years. They've They've been able to better prepare for playing in hostile environments. All of the research that's been done about travel and sleep and all of these things has benefited teams and have made them be able to acclimate better when they're on the road. It's not a drastic change. It's not like you've gone from being at home getting you three points to 
suddenly being at home being a disadvantage. But it's enough that it's changed by more than a point. So what Vegas is saying is that if these two teams played on a neutral site, the Ravens would be a point to a point and a half favorites. And that's weird to me. Like, that's that's odd. And when that number went up, I expected it to go the other way. I expected it to be bet down to more like two or one and a half points. And it hasn't been. And I can't figure that out. The easy thing for someone to say is, well, have the Lions really proved it? Have they proved that they deserve to be treated like this? Well, they've got the best resume of anybody in football because they're the one with the best win of anybody in football so far this season. If this was like college football, now that everybody has one loss, now that all the undefeateds are gone, if this was college football and you were trying to look at resumes and say, who's the one that's most deserving of the top spot in the computer rankings, no one would have a more valuable win than having one in Kansas City. One team beat the defending Super Bowl champs in Kansas City. Now, as Lomas Brown pointed out yesterday, it's a reminder that, you know, they were depleted for that game to start the season, the Chiefs were. No Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. That matters to some extent. It matters. It doesn't take away the fact that they beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And that's the best thing you can do as far as a resume is concerned in the NFL in 2023. But it does matter. Is it just old habits die hard? These are still the Lions. We're we're not ready, even if they do have the number two DVOA team in football. That's the the part that I can't shake. Why is it that the Ravens are three-point favorites against the team and you're supposed to take all heart out of it and just go by fact when it comes to betting the number two overall DVOA team in football. Why would the Ravens be getting such respect in those circumstances? I don't... Is it that they, like, do they value Ravens' home field slightly better than others? I mean, (sighs) Lamar Jackson's better than Jared Goff. I mean, Justin sh- Tucker's better than Riley Patterson. I'm not really sure like, what that would have to do with anything, but, uh, well, you know, these God are, bless, these you are know. the key. No, they're certainly not, but... Well, J- uh-uh. Jackson is. Yes, that one is. I, yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that their team, that the number, the strict numbers say that that's a better team in Detroit so far than it does in Baltimore. I've... I've really struggled with this. This is the first time in a while that I've looked at... Like, I'm not stunned the Ravens are favorite. If the Ravens were a point-and-a-half favorites, I'd say, that's about right, right? Like, that's... That makes sense. They should be about a point-and-a-half favorites. It's your way of kind of saying, like, these two teams are really close. The Ravens get a slight, slight advantage because they're at home. That makes sense. But acknowledging the Ravens would be favored on a neutral site... I'm not sure what the Ravens have done to warrant that. As Rita and I discussed last night, she re- continued to remind me, well, you know, it is a Ravens team that should be 6-0. and Yes, but they're not. Like, that's the... Both things are true. They should be 6-0. and But they lost the games that they lost, and they were atrocious. 
we don't get to hide from that. We don't get to pretend like they didn't happen just because they shouldn't have happened. They did lose those games. I'm not... Their, their second-half performance is meh at best. Some numbers that our friend um, Jonas Schaefer shared this week. Let me see if I can pull them up. About their efficiency in the second half. Pretty eye-popping. As they go from being one of the best offenses in football in the first half of games to suddenly being like, yeah. First quarter. This is... um. This is their success rate and yards per play with ranks. The first quarter, 56.6% success rate. Second in the NFL, 6.1 yards per play. Seventh in the NFL in the first quarter. In the second quarter, 47% success rate. Sixth in the NFL, 5.7 yards per play. Twelfth in the NFL, so still pretty good. Third quarter, Uh 40.5% success rate. Sixteenth in the NFL, 5.2 yards per play, 20th in the NFL. And in the fourth quarter, or overtime, 28.4% success rate, 31st in the NFL, 3.8 yards per play, 30th in the NFL. Against a good team, those things seemingly matter. And we can mythically say, well, but the the Ravens play to the level of their competition, and so that's the reason. And I do think it matters. Like I, I laugh at it as I suggested, but I do think it's part of what is driving people this week. That there's an amount of, yeah, but they tend to play their best against good competition and their worst against bad competition. Maybe, M- maybe. I don't know. They tend to they tend to be pretty bad in the second half. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And I against a good team, I I don't think you can survive playing poorly in the second half against a good team with a very good defense. I don't think you can survive playing poorly in the second half. And maybe this is the week where they've got some tricks up their sleeve and some things they want to pull out and. For the fourth quarter? I don't know, man. I have no idea. But I'm just not sure what the Ravens have done to warrant being three-point favorites. I'm not sure what that is. And... I mean... I'm not... I'm still... By the way, and I still don't know how I'm going to pick the game. That is the goofy part. It's still tough to pick against the Ravens at home. Like, there's still a part of it. It's like, yeah, but it is the Ravens at home. That matters for some reason, but I can't define it. There's nothing. I, I this is where I want like somebody in Vegas to like be have to show me your work. Show me the math you use to come up with this, right? Tell me exactly what the equation was that got you to Ravens three point favorites. Because I mean, if you go, if you were to go like position by position. That's not how you do this. Well, then how do you do it? So, you, so you do it by ranking what they've done on the field, like not just who do I like better at each position. Well, you're basing it what you know what the no, players they, have done the, this. The season. result. You do it by results. You don't do it by position groups. You don't do it by saying, "Well, I like this secondary better than that secondary." Like you do it by the results that they've had. 
I'm I'm also trying to figure out which position groups I definitively like better for the Ravens than I like for the Lions. Quarterback. Yeah, that's right. important. There's, that's the most important I, one. I so understand that, would that. Lean towards it. Quarter. Kicker. Tight end. Even though Laporta I, is th- having this a good, year, great year, this year, th- you still go is, to Mark Andrews. I'm not saying that in general I don't like Mark Andrews better than Sam Laporta, but this year, production-wise, we're we're doing kind of a wacky there. Inside linebacker, I obviously yeah, like better Ravens. in Baltimore, but tell me the others. I probably not. Yep. Yeah, I mean, not edge rush. I guess running back is close with Montgomery out and Gibbs having been banged up, although it looks like he's going to play on on Sunday. So I guess running back is close. I would tell you that I still like Jameer Gibbs better as a talent than any of the Ravens running backs, but he hasn't proven anything at the NFL level. He has not been even able oh, to wow. see. Craig Reynolds is hurt now, too. He didn't practice yesterday either. I mean, I, I, again, I'm still, I'm squinting here. Right. Like, I, 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 the player of all of the running backs between these two teams that I would want the most is Gibbs. But has he done it at the NFL level? Can I can I say definitively Gibbs. that he's better? No. I just think he is a more complete talent set than any of the Ravens running backs. The Ravens are a tough team to run against. So are the Lions. The Lions yeah, are extraordinarily tough team so, to run so against. So run games are neutralized. I'm not coming up with... Why three the points. Ravens are three-point favorites? I have to make a decision. Why it is that the or what it is that I want to do with that? Well, uh, so so bizarre, so bizarre to me, man. We'll get to that when we get the picks. <laughs> today's show, first hour of today's show. Their O line a little banged up as well right now, and I guess the Ravens are getting healthier. It should be healthy at O-line. Who's, li- who's banged up on their uh, own? Ragnow was a limited. Their center was a limited. If they're playing, they're playing. Man. And then Jonah Jackson, their left guard, did not practice yesterday. Okay. I mean, that's that's something, I guess. Yeah. Something. It's still not It's not going to tell me why it is they're three-point dogs. Just trying to help. I, you're not really helping, though. What? You're not giving me an explanation as to why. I just don't get it. Somebody pointed out, man, there was a number that was floating around. Like, the Ravens are particularly good against the NFC. <laughs> and I was like, God, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Hang on a second. Uh, uh, it might have been Jameson who shared it. Uh, Jameson Hensley on Twitter. Nope, I'm not finding it there. Who said the Ravens? Oh, it was. Uh, nope, that wasn't. Never mind. I take that back. Take that back. Oh, here it is. It was Jameson Hensley. Uh, Lamar Jackson is 15-1 and in his career versus NFC opponents, 7-0 and at home. The only loss coming last season at the Giants. His 938 win percentage is the best by any quarterback against the opposing conference since the 1970 merger per ESPN stats and info. All right, well, we got to the bottom of it. It's not nothing, <laughs> but I'm not really sure. Like, does Lamar Jackson not care about the AFC games and all of a sudden they Oh, an NFC team's coming to town. He's like Spice Adams in the woods, like waiting. Finally. I don't really get that. I think it comes off as more anomaly to me. I, I, I don't think the AFC is so much better than the NFC. That is it something like... Like it's proof that you can count on the fact that he's always going to be good against the NFC? The AFC prepares a little bit more for Lamar Jackson. 
could that be the case in that NFC teams, you know, still struggle with being caught off guard by? Or remember, they should have lost to the Lions the last yeah. time that they played. Let's not, <laughs> let's not just. And that was a terrible Lions team. <laughs> let's not forget that they needed. A, they needed maybe the most significant miracle in NFL history in order to not lose to the Lions the last time they played. So I, I don't know. I don't know how we read into that one, Chief. There probably is something to be said for it, like the fact that the AFC, like those the AFC teams, have seen Lamar Jackson more frequently, and so and they know they have to beat Lamar Jackson at some point. So maybe, like maybe, there's something to be said for that, but it still comes off more anomaly to me than anything else. Although it is significant, never lost at home to an NFC team. That's quite interesting. Quite interesting as you file it away, and why, why maybe that's the reason why the Ravens are. Three-point favorites. All right, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Does it help the Ravens to practice with rugby balls? I don't know the answer to that, but maybe three-time Super Bowl champion and former Olympic rugby player Nate Ebner can help us out with that next on Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life 
libation trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking, check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR. I think I said yesterday that Stan the Fan Charles was done for the week. Turns out he's doing three shows this week. He did, of course, his weekly Monday show with uh, Ross Grimsley and Luke Jackson. Then he caught up with uh, writer Buck Davidson ahead of the Maryland Five Star. I'm going to go out there today, as long as nothing comes up between now and then. I'm going to take the trip out. I've never been. I've always wanted to go show some support. It's a major event in our state. It's not my thing, but it's important to our region, so I want to get out there for at least a little while, check it out, be able to talk about it intelligently. But I also found out he's going to have Mike Gibbons from the Babe Ruth Museum join him tonight, so you want to check that out. Also, uh, he and Mike Gibbons are both uh, selectors for the Maryland State Athletics Hall of Fame, so they're going to talk a little bit more about this year's class. Uh, Adrian Dantley, part of it. Jermaine Lewis, part of this year's class from the Maryland State Athletics Hall of Fame. So look forward to uh, Stan and Mike Gibbons a little bit later on today. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports if you miss it live. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. All right, had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule, but this story that was floating around about the Ravens working with rugby balls and then dropping a bunch of balls in Pittsburgh. Is there anything there? Either way, can it be a good thing, a bad thing, anything like that? Um, had the opportunity to catch up with three-time Super Bowl champion and former Olympic rugby player Nate Ebner and ended up like listening to Nate Ebner talk about rugby is like a religious experience. That's how much he cares about it. So had a fun conversation about that and Kyle Van Noy. Um, enjoy this, Nate Ebner, here on GCR. Well, joined now here on GCR by a man who has accomplished a lot of things in his life. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion and he's a former U.S. Olympic rugby player. And when we saw the story last week, the Ravens had been practicing with rugby balls. And then they had kind of a tough day in Pittsburgh catching the football. I thought, well, is there anyone I know that could maybe like help us out and tell us if these two things are somehow related? And that would be the great Nate Ebner, who's with us here on GCR. Nate, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's really great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. I mean, pretty interesting uh, tactic there. But um, 
Yeah, I've had I've had a lot of experience with the uh, with the rugby ball and the the pigskin, so familiar with both. I I don't know if you heard about this story. It was getting a lot of play on the national talk shows. Rex Ryan was saying, "Man, you got to get rid of that. That's insane." I have no idea the correlation. Can you take me through? Like why it might be helpful, why it might be beneficial to a football player to attempt to try to work with a rugby ball in practice. Um, you know, it's it's I don't know. It's tough for me because a lot of times in OTAs before we were allowed to use footballs, uh, and with my experience in, in the league, we had to use other things like tennis balls and things like that. And the tennis balls I saw as beneficial because it was such a smaller target to catch. You had to like really focus on it um it was easier to make like one-handed catches with stuff like that but at the same time like it's it's a small object i always thought the tennis ball was um unique you know a rugby ball is just so big relative to a football and it's so much lighter than a football um and i they're just made they're easier to catch everything about they they fly easier like they're just um you know, so, so much more user-friendly, if you will. Mm. So I, I could see after, you know, you're catching rugby balls that they, they float, they're soft, they're light, and they want to stick to your hands. Whereas, you know, footballs are heavier, tight spirals. And uh, I, I could just, I could see why it would be more difficult to catch a football after a rugby ball. Interesting. I necessarily see, uh, you know, why using it in, in, you know, substitution for a football. I, I could see the smaller ball, like a tennis ball, like I spoke about, but uh, the rugby ball just, they're, they're made to catch, you know what I mean? They're, they're so much easier. So um, I don't know. I can't, I can't really speak to the, the thought process of the coaches uh, just from my experience. Um, you know, that's kind of what I can give to that conversation, but um, yeah, I can't, I can't necessarily see the benefit of it. You had a lot of times in your life when you were doing both things in very, you know, close periods of time, did you ever have like an issue? You've been working out, playing rugby for a little while, you go back and, and you're at practice one day and you're, you know, you dealt with that where you're like, man, it's, I, I got to remember what it's like to catch a football for a, uh, a little bit. I mean, you play enough sports growing up in your life, you know, you're familiar with, you know, whatever the ball is, you just catch it. Right. But, um, man, yeah, going from football to rugby, you're like, wow, I forgot how big and light and catchable mm. this ball is. It wants to stick to your hands. And, um, you know, footballs, well, with the gloves nowadays, they stick pretty good, but you know, footballs aren't as easy to catch, you know? So, uh, definitely a little more focus with a football, I would say. From my experience, you know, if I just point blank had to pick one that's more difficult, I would definitely say football is probably harder to catch. That's wild. Yeah. He's Nate, he's Nate Ebner. He's with us here on GCR. Nate, I, I'm guessing that you wouldn't be prepared because you certainly were not there and have no idea to, to say that that is the reason why the Ravens had like eight drops against the Steelers a couple weeks ago, right? <laughs> but like, could could you see a world where maybe it's just better to not mess with it? Just go out, catch a football, worry about football. That's what you do for a living. Maybe, maybe you don't worry about trying to expand yeah. and catch rugby balls. Again, I mean, I can't speak for the coaches. Uh, I don't know really what the thought process was, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you want to uh, practice for the games and, and obviously make the practice as, as game realistic as possible. And in that regard, you should be using the ball you're going to use, right. In my, in my thought process and, you know, I just think about, you know, playing golf, you, you wouldn't want to hit anything other than a golf ball. So it's like, for me, I, yeah, I think sometimes 
we try to get so creative with, you know, new, new tactics, new, new training methods. And, and sometimes, you know, if it ain't broke, it don't need to be fixed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that regard, uh, I, I could see, I don't, I don't know how much they used it, but you, you catch a rugby ball, rugby ball enough. And then, you know, quarterback throws a tight spiral at you with a heavy football, that thing's going to be heavier and much different. So, um, again, like I said, can't speak for the coaches, but, uh, yeah, if it ain't broken, it, you know, don't fix it. Just, just throw that pigskin around. So the only thing that was ever said was that the thought was maybe that it, it trains the receivers to open up their hands and their fingers wide enough for a smaller football. Does that do anything for you? Like, does that track with you at all? Um, well, I mean, again, if you had your hands close together, like a, like a football catch that, that rugby ball is going to stick in your hands just as good. Cause it's just, it wants to stick. Um, you know, t- to me, I, I think like catching a tennis ball yeah. is more difficult because you, you need to, your spacing needs to be perfect to catch mm-hmm. a tennis ball with two hands. Cause it, cause it is so small. Um, and I think that's the accuracy you need to have in that moment um, that eye hand coordination to really be perfect with your hand placement. Like I said, rugby ball is so much bigger. You can be wider with your hands. And I think wider with your hands, you know, that, that makes it easier. Um, <laughs> the, the football, the footballs are, you know, tight. You need the, that hand placement tight. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my initial thought process through my experience of, of playing, you know, professional sports for, for the time that I have would be just, if anything, go smaller. I think the smaller ball is more difficult. All right. He is Nate Ebner. Nate. um, I know I want to ask you about a former teammate of yours that showed up here in Baltimore like two weeks ago and is already kicking ass. That's Kyle Van Noy. Um, I, I, I was stunned, right? Right off the couch, right into the mix plays disruptive, um can you tell me a little bit about your experience with Kyle what you got to know about him yeah, were you Kyle, were you yeah go ahead nah Kyle's a great dude first and foremost um talks a little bit too much nah he's a, he's good <laughs> though but uh he you know that's what he did in New England so well um I think he came from Detroit before that but he you know we could plug him in and at the time we had a pretty elaborate defense and and Kyle was able to take that in pretty quickly and understand what we were trying to do. Um, and that's what made him so beneficial to that team was his ability to take in quite a bit of information. And, um, you know, we could trust him that he wasn't going to make any mistakes and someone, especially kind of being new to it. He, you know, obviously came into his own with new England and uh, has had quite a good career since then. And uh, it's no surprise to me that, you know, you can put a lot on his plate and he can handle it. He's the type of player that can do that. He's a um, pretty smart player and, uh, you know, decently athletic on top of it to, to make the plays when he needs to. But he puts himself there uh, before the play starts be- because he is a smart, smart guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Kyle. Um, you know, he's he's a goofball, but, uh, you know, average the poor golf game. But uh, other than that, yeah, good football player, uh, smart, and um, yeah, man, he. I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. He's he's done well. He'll continue to do well, and um, he's definitely an asset to have on the field, no doubt. That's cool. Were you surprised that he was still sitting on the couch at this point in the season? Like, what, what are you guys doing? Um, this is Kyle Van Noy. A little bit, you know. It's a little bit, but you know how the league is, man. It's like you start to yeah. get to be a certain age, and it's like, you know. 
you got leprosy or something. It's you know, it's just the way it goes around the league. They, you know, you once you once you played enough years, it's like they just try to get a young guy that's cheaper, and um, that's what they do. So you, you really have to have your your value if you're an older player to to stay around the league. And I think Kyle being able to <clears throat> come in and have success off the bat shows the the value that he still does have and the type of player that he is. And, um, you know, that's what it takes to, to be a veteran player who's been around the league for quite a few years and, and, you know, still be able to be on rosters and, and show your value. Yeah. So. Uh, to you, now the Ravens have never minded having a talker to uh, a talker or two on the roster over the years. So I don't think that's going to be yeah. something they're going to mind. Right in, then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Nate, I, I know you have stayed very involved with rugby as um, your life has, has moved on and you're in your post-playing career. And I know you've been involved with uh, Major League Rugby. We saw recently that um, the uh, the D.C. team, Old Glory, is actually going to play in the Maryland Soccer Plex here uh, in the D.C. suburbs and the Maryland side of things. Can yeah. you tell everybody a little bit about Major League Rugby, your involvement, and and how you guys are still working to maybe grow the game here in the U.S.? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I could talk about that for quite some time, so you might need to channel me here. But when I when I was growing up playing rugby in this country, um, you know, that's ultimately why I ended up going to play football. I, I was one of the better rugby players in our country at the time. I played on three junior national teams and represented the country in, in junior World Cups. And, uh, you know, there just was no future for rugby in this country. I would have had to go overseas and play in France or England. And, um, you know, I didn't want to leave this country. I'm I'm very patriotic. I love America. I wanted to be here. And um, I, on top of that, I'm going to Ohio State. And, you know, the football players are the best in the world. And, um, you know, I could never play at that level. And that's what everyone's telling me. And uh, it just kind of was a perfect storm for me. But I think the uh, starting point was that there just isn't a future for rugby for me at that time. So fast forward to now, um, you know, more than a decade later, it's, you know, you have you have a young Nate Ebner that's 16, 17 years old. He can aspire to be a professional rugby player in this country. I think that's huge. Um, we're starting to get some of the biggest name rugby players in the world um, coming here <clears throat> to play in the United States. Uh, I think it's no secret. Uh, when you when you if 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 you're cultured enough or experienced enough throughout the world, like America is a great place to be, and and people around the world, you know, obviously want to be here, and uh, I think that's a, a polling point for the MLR. Um, you've got some other big leagues, obviously in England, and then you know in France and in Japan, um, but I think you know when you're talking about a worldwide product. Um, when we're we're streaming stuff online and whatnot, uh, there's no doubt that you know the MLR aspires to be the uh, number one rugby league in the world. And um, the fact that we're even in that conversation right now, uh, with only being five years or so into the inception point, uh, I think speaks volumes to to the league. Um, you know, it started around 2018. You know, just a couple years later, you're into to COVID, where you know, the whole business model is based around bringing people together, you know, for, for like a festival or whatnot for in a game. And, you know, now you can't do that mm -hmm. uh, for the MLR to still stick around. You know, you saw how many businesses went over under during that time period. And um, especially a starting sports league, those are hard enough to get going. And then for them to go through that just a couple of years from inception and then still be here and thriving, uh, I just think speaks volumes to the, the model that they have. Uh, the ownership across the league, 
the um you know the individual franchises are just being run so well and um they're you know it's a successful business model and i i'm excited for what the future holds um and obviously my new england free jacks won the mlr right last year it was um awesome to be a part of a pretty cool experience for me obviously like being in the olympics and like winning super bowls and then kind of from that ownership viewpoint um you know, seeing what it's like for those guys. Cause I know what it takes to win at the highest level. It doesn't matter what sport or what you're doing at the highest level. It's, it's difficult to, to win a championship. And um, I just know the sacrifice that those guys made and I'm so happy for them, especially the previous year having lost in the, the conference championship game. And they were the best team in the league. I thought that year. So the fact that we brought it home last year was awesome. I'm excited for this year. And I'm just, like I said, excited for the next uh, 10 years. And um, you know, obviously the rugby world cup is coming to America. I think it's 2031. I don't know if I got that right, but, um, something like that. And, um, I think that influence that the MLR is, is going to have on these young generations. Cause you know, we're talking 2031 about eight years away, you know, we got 16 year old kids that are probably going to be on that Olympic, uh, that USA team to, to represent our country in that world cup. And obviously the world cup's going on right now. And, uh, it's just such an awesome, huge event uh across the globe i think second to the soccer world cup as far as viewership goes wow and uh the fact that we can host that and hopefully put a team that can compete out there uh, i'm really excited about it and i think the mlr is a, is a huge launching point for that and and uh, amongst all that you know trying to help improve the uh, age grade and the youth levels and the grassroots rugby around our country is is a, is a you know, it's a vital, vitally important for the success. And I think the MLR teams have done a great job in their communities and we just need to keep expanding that, but it, it's been good. And like I said, the, the success they've had through, through all the difficulties uh, and, and just the short five or six years they've been around is speaks volumes to, to the league and the success I think is to come for the future. That's awesome, man. I can actually listen to you talk about that, the passion that you have for a while. That was really cool. I, I tell you what, though, two things. One, I, I got to admit, all habits die hard. We're not exactly thrilled about New England teams winning championships around these parts. It doesn't do yeah. a lot for us. But then, two, I want to put in, because uh, you're right, it's 2031. I'm going to get my friend Abby Gustaitis, uh, an Olympian from uh, our yeah, neck of the no, woods. I mean I yep. want, I want, she and I are going to start the campaign. We want to host part of that World Cup here in our neck oh, of the be, woods. We're a big I event. Think it should, right? It should I, be there. Um, I, if I could just I, I, something that you said that, that really stuck out to me, I think about, um, rugby sevens, right. And there was an announcement this week, you know, around here, and I know the, the Patriots are really supportive of lacrosse, but lacrosse is a big deal in our neck of the woods. And it was announced this week that lacrosse is going to go into the Olympics in, um, 2028. And I wonder wow. what rugby sevens and the Olympics, it's a different, they're going to play lacrosse sixes in the Olympics, it's a different concept, yeah. but what did it do for rugby as a whole, to, to coalesce around sevens, get into the Olympics, how much did that help? And do you have a sense for what that could mean for a sport like lacrosse? Well, I mean, when I think about, you know, the influence that rugby sevens has, I, it puts rugby right there in the forefront on the biggest stage that all Americans are watching uh, during the Olympics. They, they see all different kinds of sports, but a sport they probably otherwise would not have seen. Um, so you know, instantly it, it puts them up there. And then you start to get a team that's competitive and having success. You know, you, you find yourself cheering for the curling team and you know nothing about curling just mm -hmm. because it's United States and it brings the Patriot out in all of us. And uh, 
you know, you just want to see your country have success and it doesn't matter. And then you start to find yourself falling in love with this sport or whatever activity that you never even knew about. And I think that's what it's done for, uh, for rugby, for sure. Um, I think we, I think we need to have more success though. I'll say that too. Um, just being a part of the Olympics isn't, isn't good enough, especially being an American. We win, we win medals. Right. Uh, if you're American and, um, but obviously rugby is a, you know, worldwide sport that, uh, we, you know, we're not top dogs in. So uh, we need to change that. But just that initial influence and impact it has, I, I, you know, as a kid playing sports, you always, you know what the Olympics are and, and represent your country. It really doesn't get much bigger than that. And, um, you know, for someone like me to be able to go back and play a sport I grew up playing my whole life uh, and represent our country in the Olympics, it was a dream come true. Um you know, I, I'm not a big believer in fate, but for, for me to have the background that I had playing rugby, playing in the NFL, getting the blessing from the Patriots to go try to make it to the Olympics, having that experience to be able to play at that highest level, you know, having not played for six years, but just because, you know, I learned how to ride that bike a long time ago, I could I could knock the rust off. Um, you know, I'm 28 in the prime of my athletic career. So it just kind of worked out for me. It was kind of you know, the stars, like I said, the stars aligned on that one. My dad had played. It was kind of like a tribute to him in my eyes and um, just a great honor. And I just think about young kids that grow up playing and they can uh, like we like we spoke about at the beginning. You know, you aspire to be a professional athlete. You aspire to play in the Olympics. Now, if you grow up playing rugby, you have that dream is a reality. You can be a professional athlete in this country and, and play rugby. You can represent your country in the Olympics playing sevens. And, it, you know, it gives you an extra reason to to want to stay and, and push harder to be great. Um, I think that's what it's done for rugby and, and the, the young kids and obviously putting that awareness out there for, for Americans that don't know it. And I think with any sport, it could have that same impact. And, and I could see that happening with lacrosse and, uh, I saw that flag football got yeah. admitted to it as well. So that'll be interesting. I mean, you know, I started to think about like Tyreek Hill playing flag football <laughs> on the East, like, right? Seat um, code. So, you know, yeah, it, it's uh, the Olympics is awesome. For me, is, you know, an experience I wouldn't trade for anything. And um, I hope it is, it's done a lot for rugby, but I hope it continues to. And, and you know, I really want to see us on the medal stand in LA. I think that's the next one this summer. And, um, you know, we need that. And uh, like I said, that's just building towards this 2031 Rugby World Cup, which is obviously 15s. But, um, you know, uh, I think I think the world always talked about America in the rugby sense as being a sleeping giant just because of the athletes that we have. You look at American football players, you know, we get, you know, guys like me that obviously could play in the NFL for as long as I did not to leave rugby and stay with the rugby program. You know, you've got high caliber athletes that can, you know, potentially do some damage on the world stage. So um, I think we're knocking on that door and, and things like the Olympics, things like the MLR, having success there. Um, it, it's it's really just the beginning and hopefully we can turn the corner coming up to this World Cup. Nate, I know I kept you long, but I'd be remiss before I let you go. Uh, this weekend, the Ravens are celebrating Terrell Suggs, putting him in the ring of honor. You awesome. arrived in New England in like the throes of Ravens Patriots and yep, you know yep. some 
some good moments for both teams in the playoffs your first couple of seasons. Yep. Did you have a, a moment? I, I know you were on one side of the field and you were never going up against him or anything like that, but did you ever have a, a moment where he, he jawed at you? He didn't even know who you were or anything like that. We know he's no, I never, I never, uh, Suggs was a good dude. I never really, I didn't cross paths with him, like you said. And, um, you know, I was playing mostly special teams at the time. I was a rookie when the Ravens uh, won the Super Bowl. They beat us. Um, you know, that that was the 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 Ra- the best of the Ravens that I can remember. Yeah. Um, Ray Lewis and whatnot. Um, what a good football team they had. And they peaked at the right time. I think very average football team that went through the divisional round and all that to to get through and um, obviously won the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, you guys had Jacoby Jones. I remember getting a tackle in a playoff game. That was huge for me. On a, on a kickoff, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's all the respect in the world to, to those guys. Cause, um, that was my eye opening to, you know, I came into Patriots in 2012, 2011, they were just in the super bowl. They just had the, all those super bowls they won previously and coming into a good football team. And, um, you know, you know, we don't lose much and then you, you get in the playoffs and Tom Brady turns it up a little more. Everybody turns it up a little bit more. Yeah. And, uh, to see that Raven team just kind of just put the brakes on us and just couldn't really do anything um you know hats off to them they were they were the better team back then and uh really opened my eyes to like what good football is like and um that's why the playoffs are so good that's why uh the nfl is what it is but yeah the the ravens were uh nothing to gawk at so i don't know about now though that the the patriots are, are struggling a bit so we'll see I don't, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a big playoff showdown this year. Yeah, I don't uh, but, we'll Yeah, but something you and Mike Tomlin have in common, you both tackled uh, Jacoby Jones on a kickoff return, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, yeah. uh, Nate, I, I've kept you so long. Is there anything else I can plug for you? Anything else you have going on in your world? No, I mean, um, my book's out, so pretty unique uh, Pretty unique story, obviously, uh, with my, my father's murder before I walked onto the football team. I have not played football in high school, and – obviously the success I had through Ohio state and in, in the NFL and then the, the journey to the Olympics and kind of that being rooted in my relationship with my dad, a, a pretty unique sports story. And um, hopefully we can do something special with it. But uh, if anybody wants to, to get out there and, and find something to read, I, I, you know, I urge them to do so. You can pretty much find it anywhere. Um, you know, Amazon, just Google search, Nate Ebner, finish strong. It'll pop up. Um but yeah, man, that's uh, that's what I got going on, and some some other ventures. Um, you know, obviously, I like to speak. It ties in well with the with the book. Uh, my story is just kind of one of um, motivation and uh, inspiration. So, um, yeah, love love uh, being able to go out and speak and tell my story. Like you said, it's something I feel genuine about and passionate about. So it's it's easy to talk on. But um, yeah, man, I I just appreciate the sport, and I thank you for having me today. At Nate Ebner on Twitter is how you can follow him and find out more. Nate, really enjoyed this conversation, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. That's the three-time Super Bowl champion and former U.S. Olympic rugby player Nate Ebner with us here on GCR. Dismissive of there being a benefit for a team working with rugby balls in practice. Of course, cannot say that that's the reason why they dropped all those balls against Pittsburgh, but interesting. Just interesting thoughts from someone who played both games, obviously, at the highest level and whether or not it might be any sort of benefit from doing those things. Appreciate Nate Ebner taking the time with us. And, yeah, we gotta start. We got to start bugging uh, Terry Hasseltine about it. Want the Rugby World Cup here. 
if we're not getting the soccer World Cup, and I guess it's not dead, but like if we're not getting it, let's go. Rugby World Cup, M&T Bank Stadium. I remember when the Baltimore Stallions were in at playing at Memorial Stadium. One time they did a doubleheader, and I want to say it was a USA-Canada rugby match ahead of a Stallions game. Hmm. And it was awesome. I had never, I was a kid, I didn't know anything about rugby. I was like 11 years old. It's the first time I'd ever seen it, like at a high level, and I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? My uh, chiropractor, my former chiropractor. I don't have a chiropractor. I'm in the market for a chiropractor at the moment. That bad? I, I've, I've had lifelong neck problems. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's a longer story than that, but I'm not going to bore everybody with the time. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I probably could go back to my old chiropractor. I think he's just down the road. Oh. Um, but my former chiropractor, Dr. Elliot, man, he would always, every time I was there, he'd be like, Glenn, you want to sign up? Come play rugby with us on Sunday. What the hell? And then I realized, It's because like, he wants... He's, more business. He gets yeah. clients. That's why he plays rugby. He's playing rugby. Oh, your back is hurting? Yeah, right? Well, <laughs> you know. Come on over and see me. You know, you know, I'm a chiropractor. I know a guy. Yeah. Can help you out with that. It's like, that's the smartest Genius. hustle in the history of Genius. hustles. Go join a bunch of rugby leagues. Go join a rugby league every night. Man, that was smart. I, 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 all I could do is tip my cap. Like, Doc, you... <laughs> I've heard a lot of things. Out of respect, yes. (laughs) I've never heard one quite as smart as this. That is genius, bro. Well done. All right. uh, We are into hour number two of today's program. Today's show is also brought to you by Project Game Day, which returns this Sunday following Ravens-Lions. Join us, pressboxonline.com slash game day, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or youtube.com slash pressboxonline, myself, the NFL chick Rita Hubbard, former Ravens, Super Bowl champion, fullback Femme Ion Badejo will all be together, plus a cast of characters. You never know who's going to pop in. For Project Game Day, come hang out with us. It's all brought to you by A.J. Michael Superbook and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We'll see you for Project Game Day this Sunday. When we come back in, how am I going to pick it? I still can't figure out why the spread is what it is. Well, the Ravens are really good against the NFC, apparently. But how are we going to pick it? We'll pick uh, all the games for this week with our buddy Ken Zalas next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GLENNCLARK23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. 
show, a partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Every Thursday we make picks for the weekend. I don't know what happened there. That was awkward. And back with us, as he is every Thursday, he is our buddy Ken Zalis from what? What? Not not yet, not yet. I got an email that said he's there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I started setting it up. Because I was informed that Ken Zalis had joined our meeting which would suggest to me that he's ready to go, and maybe we just weren't paying attention. Yeah. What do I do now? Do uh, I do I dance? Do I prepare? Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. I got I got a pop from <laughs> Leah. I'll take that. That's one more pop that I've gotten recently. Anything else? Uh, now we're good. One of these days, man, we're going to lock it all up. Yeah. One of these days, baby, where it's all going to go swimming, we're going to kill it. Just you wait for us. Hey, KZ, how you doing, buddy? What's up? Everything good? 
Everything's great. Yeah, is it? I never know. It's not. It's not so great over here. Why? What's going on? Uh, I don't know. I I am um. So I was talking to you, but boy, do you see how defensive Proctor got? Proctor got real defensive. This I know. One. He got. He got real. De- well, you don't understand. He has a um. He has a reputation in our league. He does. Oh yes, he has a reputation. He uh, he's he's made some earlier this year. He managed to somehow acquire Jalen Waddle for Tutu Atwell. Straight up, with who? I I I don't want to uh, talk about it. I don't like it. Was, it. So it was you? No, it was I, not me. I, I'm getting a lot of flack. Because I accepted a trade in a league. Okay. Accepted a trade. Yes. So somebody offered me, they wanted uh, Jordan Love and Jalen Waddle from me. Okay. And they offered me Trevor Lawrence and Justin Jefferson. What? <laughs> so I auto accepted it. What? And what now a- everybody. It was made to me. What? <laughs> what? I'm. I don't understand how any of these things. So I'm like, so they're they're upset with me, and I'm like, what do you what? Why are you upset? Yeah, with I'm me? I'm supposed to be the one to say no. I don't want to improve my team. Uh, I got a bunch of s because some idiot the year whatever year George Kittle was hurt, whether it was last year or two years ago, and he was out for a while. Some idiot just straight up dropped them in one of our leagues. And nobody noticed it until I woke up one morning and looked at Right. And I was like, does that say George Kittle is a free? Because I think people go to, like, available players and rank them by projected points for the week. Correct. So George Kittle had no projected points for the week because he was still out. And I was like, am I I taking crazy pills? Does that – that says George Kittle is available as a free agent? Well, I'm going to go right ahead and scoop that on up. And everybody was mad at me, like – I'm like, what the hell did right. you think I did wrong well, there? He I, dropped them. Yeah, that's correct. That's not on. That's I, not on I, me. I always him. tell people, and that's even and that's you, even if you don't make a waiver wire move, always check the waiver wire. Oh yeah, just to see, right? No, see 100%. who was dropped. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. No, and that's what Proctor's answer always is like. You can't be mad at me. They made the trades. I'm like, yeah, I just have questions about whether or not there's anything hinky going on. That's all I have questions about because he has a history of making bad trades. So I didn't realize because I looked at it and look, obviously the trade that he offered was was bad. But I I said I can talk about Jonathan Taylor because I have Christian McCaffrey who looks like he's not going to miss any real time here. Might even play on Sunday. And I have Josh Jacobs Monday. and it's Monday. It's Monday is that when it is? Yeah, Monday? So it makes it risky. I guess that's true. Although I'm leaving in my flex, so I just got to make just sure go, I have another option. Just go option. pick up Elijah Mitchell. Well, he's not available. If that was an option, I would have done that. Mason wasn't available. I tried. Yeah. Um, the moral of the story being, I've got them. A-Chan will be back at some point. I have Jeff Wilson. Like, I I could use my depth at running back to improve at wide receiver, right? Like, I could right. do that because my wide receiver options are DJ Moore, who some weeks is great, and then, right. you know, other weeks not so much. Puka Nakua, who the bloom has come off the rose a little bit because of Cooper Cup getting back, which sucks. Um, no offense to Cooper Cup. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but, like, I hope he dies. Um, I don't mean that. Uh, maybe. Um, and then I have Pickens and Watson who, like, you know, 
Yeah, you can play. Dickens is, is going to have a problem because I think uh, Deontay Johnson's, Johnson's back. Yeah, and like you can play those guys, but you're never going to feel great about them. So I said, this is an opportunity for me. I I, I get what you're saying. You know, ask her St. Brown. Of course, I'm going to ask her St. Brown, right? Like, let's do that. I'll go ahead and ask her St. Brown. Now the question becomes, when he says no to that, because it's his wide receiver, it is. I don't know what to make of Jalen Waddle because I didn't realize that he had been not all that productive this season. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been awful, but I, he hasn't been great. I he look, hasn't. He hasn't been the the second round pick that we expected him to be. So I look at Jalen Waddle. Yeah, go ahead. Part of that is because Mozart and A Chain have been so good. So is it's he not a hill thing? Is he not like? I, there's a part of me that wants to say it's still Jalen Waddle. It's still the Dolphins' offense. They produce like a billion points every week. Yeah, I mean, I. I I, I got to get something else back if I'm okay. going to do that. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't really have a lot else. That's the issue there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's an issue. But. All right, uh, quickly, am I playing Trevor Lawrence if he plays tonight? Uh, over who? Well, I mean, I have to pick up somebody on the wire because my only other quarterback oh, oh, is CJ well, Stroud. Well, well, then you have to tell me who's on the wire. Uh, uh, Sam Howell, uh, D- Derek Carr, uh, Daniel Jones. It's lonely out here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't love the matchup for Lawrence. I mean, but you can't run against him at all. So, I mean, he's going to have to throw. Um, if you had another, if you had another option that was real, you know, I would, I would, I would tend to lean against playing him tonight because. You know, um, there is, he's not 100%. Um, but, I mean, Howe would be the the most likely one that I would take a shot with. I mean, he's he's just outside my top 13. He is playing the Giants, who stink. Um, so. Okay. But uh, I, I have, they would have to carry three quarterbacks on my roster again. And I really have no, like, to me, it's, it's, if Trevor Lawrence plays, I'm playing him because I don't want to use another roster spot on it. I still have to, I still have a roster problem because I had to pick up KJ Osborne so that I would have a backup flex option if McCaffrey doesn't play on Monday. So yeah. I'm left with this, like, in order to have a kicker this week, I'm going to have to drop somebody. Like, I might have to drop Gabe Davis or, Jeff Wilson, somebody like that, and yeah. I don't want to do that. Okay, Dynamite. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to play tonight. Do I play him yeah. over Deontay um, Foreman? I mean, I mean, Foreman has no value to me. So, so yes, I, I, you know, I mean, you, you're if you're playing Williams, you're hoping for a goal line touch, right? Right. I um, really have Jaleel McLaughlin. It would be my another option. Yeah. Yeah, but he's – I mean, McLaughlin was fine when Williams wasn't healthy, and now that he's healthy, he didn't do much last week. All right, so uh, I'm kind of screwed no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I, as Glenn knows, I don't like playing guys that are just coming back from injury. Would you go – okay, so then I guess that answers my name. Deva, uh, Deontay yeah. Johnson or Javante Williams? I mean, I'm going Williams. All right, all right, all right, all right. I guess that's good. Okay, very yeah. good. Let's get into picks then. <laughs> you all right, Casey? You, you kind of seem a little. 
I'm tired. It's been a long week. Yeah. We've had we've had late games every day. What's going on over there, man? What's 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 happening? You guys are playing like double it, overtime it, with it, friends? It's the it's the we did. We did we did we actually did play a double overtime game this week. It should be illegal. <laughs> should be illegal in, in in the fall. It should be. So so it. it's funny because the MIAA in soccer eliminated overtimes playing college rules, but the IAM is still playing double overtime. Oh, that's interesting. That it's is. just so annoying. That's really interesting that they're still. Do- Why are they still doing? Yeah, college got I, rid of it. I don't know because those. That's because they just because the MIAA decided to go to the college rule. The high school rule is still to play overtime. I got to tell you, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to college soccer. God, it's <laughs> oh, weird. it is. I mean, oh, it's it's sti- it stinks because Loyola's had like twelve draws this season. It, I know, it's but just... it's it's so from from an outsider's yeah. perspective that's not playing the game. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Oh, I got one more real one, KZ. Pickens or Christian Watson? Watson. Watson. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Pickens or Devonta Smith? Devonta Smith? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they play Miami. The wide receiver yeah. from the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes. Smith. Okay. All, All right, right. Very good. All Let's right. go. We got to get the picks, man. We're struggling today. Picks are brought to you this week by Superbook. That's where we get all the odds from. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. And when you do, you will receive a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose. That's Superbook.com or the Superbook app. Sign up today. Use that code GlennClark23. The contest at hand, 11 of us in this bad boy at the top playing for a little bit of cash at the bottom the loser is going to have to come in here dressed as the notre dame mascot eating blood sausage haggis and tripe they have to take a an irish dance lesson and then perform said irish dance for us and also perform both nothing compares to you and zombie where we are at this point at the top of the table we find one ken zalas by his lonesome one Ooh. game in front of andrew stecka two games in front of dr nick kelly Three games in front of Kyle Ottenheimer, four in front of myself, John Proctor, and John Little Rock, five in front of Griffin and Paul Valley. Ryan Shell would be at the bottom of the table, but Jeremy Kahn has it's been a bit of a struggle to launch since he joined the class. He's just eleven and fourteen over his first few weeks with us. And remember, he's gonna make up all of the wins in order to match Ryan. That's how much hubris Jeremy had when he joined our crew. So he's got a good amount of distance, 17 games behind Ryan Shell in order to make it up. Three college games, six NFL games to pick as every week. Where are we starting on the college level? We are starting in the shipyard, Air Force Navy in Annapolis. The game is at noon on CBS, and Air Force, they are 10.5-point favorites. To be honest, I'm a little surprised it's only 10.5. I, I, I was hoping this number would be bigger so that I could bite on Navy, but... Air Force is good, man. Um, mm. I know they're still benefiting from, uh, I think, some of the uh, – they had a term for it, like givebacks, like the fact that they had players during the COVID year like just get off the roster so that they could get them back um, and keep them around a little bit longer, whereas the other academies weren't able to do that. Um, but they 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 have been very impressive, right? Like they pasted San Diego State. They pasted Utah State. It's a the WAC is or the Mountain West. I mean, not the WAC, the old WAC. The Mountain West is good this year. Um, I know they had a tight one with Wyoming, but Wyoming's really good. 
Navy's got some quarterback troubles, injury issues in particular. Their defense is really good. That's the only thing is that like Navy's defense is really good, and that's the one thing that makes you believe they could keep this interesting. But ultimately, I, I think Air Force should be more like a two-touchdown favorite, and so I'm going to bite on the points that way and take Air Force. Yeah, my only hesitation here is any time these academies get together, it's just they, they, they know each other so well that it, it they tend to have lower scoring games and muck it up. They don't want to run up the score on anybody. It was a normally. it was a three point game in Annapolis last year, for example. I know. Yeah. I mean it's it's always close, but everything numerically trending and who teams have played and beaten tells you this shouldn't be close. Um, so I'm going to take Air Force and really hate doing it. I disagree with both of you. We know this game is going to be under, and that means it will be a closer score. Uh, also, since 2005, Navy as a double-digit underdog, 28-16. and 16. I hear you, but those were much better Navy you. teams. I'm with you. I'm I, taking I, Navy. I don't like doing it. Those were Navy teams with far better offenses that you're talking about. I'm taking Navy, Navy and the under. All right. Uh, joining me on the midshipmen is John and Little Rock, of course. Uh, Ryan Shell, Andrew Stetka, and Jeremy Kahn. Well, you got the two guys oh, that are at the bottom of the that, table, man. then. <laughs> you got the <laughs> Andrew's <laughs> at the top, or you know, near second, second place. Uh, so. Go ahead. Uh, Penn State College Game Day. And uh, in Columbus, Penn State at Ohio State, number seven at number three, and Ohio State are four-and-a-half-point favorites. That's interesting. That's low? Or do you think it should be? I, I thought this would be closer to, like, a pick em, to be honest with you. I I don't know where that love Bullish for on o- Penn State? I just don't know where the love for Ohio State is coming from. They're like, Ohio State. That's fine. What have they actually done this season that has made them deserving of they getting? Beat, they, such beat, they beat a good Maryland team. Well, that's right. No, they uh, they beat a good Notre Dame team. Sure. Um, yeah. I I get that they're at home. I get that it's Ohio State. I just feel like that's too many points. I got to jump on Penn State here. I. I my problem here is I never trust Penn State in I the game. I get it. I, I just don't. And they did more times than not. You're proven right when you don't trust them in a big game. Um, but I actually think they're just better than Ohio State. And I'm getting points, so I'm going to take Penn State. I hate both my picks so far. I'm just telling. You. I mean, I get it. I'm with you. Um, I just don't trust. I've never trusted them in a big I, game. I completely understand what you're saying. This is Penn State that we're talking about. They also care about the point spreads exactly. at Penn State. Like, like that does matter for what. If they have an opportunity late, down by two scores to get a cover, it has been proven that James Franklin's doing something for the alumni this season. Like he yeah, has been yeah. trying to help the alums a little bit. So if they've got an opportunity late, right? Like they're down by ten and. They should probably just pack it in, run the ball. Like he might be throwing. If for they're the end down zone by still. seven, he may just kick a field goal. Cause right, just knows. in order to get <laughs> just because he knows it's four and a half. And yeah, I don't trust Penn State in big games either. But yeah, since James Franklin's betting on games this year, it changes things. He's also he's one and eight against Ohio State, but he is seven and two against the spread Woo! against Ohio State. Woo! So I'm gonna take Penn State as well in this one. Give me two claps and a nature boy. Yeah. Woo! Uh, John in Little Rock is not happy that we have to pick this game, but he well, he's says very mad sweats. he didn't get an SEC game this he week. We debated it. 
we it all ultimately came down to whether Riley Leonard was going to play for and Duke Florida or State's going to be in the playoffs, so we got to keep we got to learn about the Seminoles team. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, Who else John, picked what? Uh, Penn State. John on okay, so all of us on Penn State. Kyle is on Penn State. Uh, John is on Penn State. Which John? We have John two Johns. Thank you. Proctor is on on Ohio State. Paul is on on Ohio State. Doctor Nick Kelly, you, you, Ryan, Andrew, and. Jeremy. Let's just say State. everyone else moving forward instead of All let's right, just yeah. pick like pick which one of the teams. We're on the name everybody side. who's on that and then say everybody else is on. All right. Everybody else on the there other side. Number sixteen, Duke at number four, Florida State. This is Saturday night, seven thirty on ABC, and the Seminoles, fourteen and a half point favorites. Didn't we already do this once this year? No, <laughs> we did Duke Notre Dame, right? Yeah. It's definitely the first time we've ever picked two Duke games in a season for sure. I'll a couple. Um, that is a big number though, right? Like that is a big number. I don't care. One of them's Duke, the other one's Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, I mean I mean we did this the last time and they got hammered. You know, well, didn't get. Hammered, I think it was a big number that time. We all said about said it all. Duke's pretty good. Stop. Florida State. Um. Yeah, I I agree with you Go guys. Ahead. I dare you. I dare you. <laughs> I still think Duke's good. I think Riley Leonard does play too, but I think Florida State is really good, uh, and it's not going to matter if uh, hobbled Riley Leonard plays or not. So I will take Florida State. Uh, most of us on Florida State. Those taking the Dukies, John and Little Rock, Ryan Shell, and Andrew Stetka three on the Blue Devils. And then we move to tonight's uh, Amazon Prime Jags at New Orleans and the Saints. They are one-point favorites. That feels like a number that was created based on Trevor Lawrence's status, right? Like, if Trevor Lawrence was healthy, what would that number be? I I would think that it would be more like three, I would think, if Trevor Lawrence was was healthy it almost feels like that's what you're betting on right like right now do you think trevor lawrence is playing i i i'm the jags let's just not i i get it the saints defense has been really good um the jaguars have i guess last week was the first time they really looked like they were firing on all cylinders but the the jaguars if trevor lawrence plays it's definitively the jaguars so i'll bet that he plays it's the jaguar yeah, he's trending like he's playing. Um, look, they, uh, New Orleans can't score in the red zone. Uh, it just is what it is. Um, they're Jamal taking, Williams is back. Too many, huh? Jamal Williams, he's back. I know, I know. And, red and zone specialist. Good, good. I, I, I'm My with fantasy you. team needs him. Uh, and the defense is really good, but you're picking who's going to win the game. And uh, I think the Jaguars are the better team. They looked really good last week. Um I've never believed in Derek Carr, so I'll take the Jags. Um, it's a primetime game. Unders this season are 56-36. and 36. The Saints are 6-0 and 0 to the under this season, so my pick is the under. That doesn't, that doesn't help us. That doesn't help me. Yeah, we, we need to pick a team. All right, I'll go with the Jags. Thank you. The Saints are looking for their fifth straight win, though, uh, against the Jags. They've Last time that the Jags beat the Saints was 2003 when Trevor Lawrence – uh, was four years old. That's quite interesting. Yeah. To be to be fair, he didn't play in many of those games. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, the and the Saints were and the Saints were better. We're better. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we're we're pretty. Split. We all do this where we fall fall in love with these numbers. Like, wow, what a number know, that like, is! And then like we're great. like, wait, it has nothing to do with the game that's being. They played five times. I'm I'm game. guilty of this myself. <laughs> um, uh, we are largely split. Five of us on the Saints, six to the Jags. Those on the Saints, Paul Valley, 
John and Little Rock, Dr. Nick Kelly, Andrew Stetka, and Jeremy Kahn Ooh, are taking the New oh, Orleans boy. Saints. All right. Now on to Sunday, Cleveland at Indianapolis, and the Browns on the road, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um. Wow. How about... It feels like that number, like I, I, it's bizarre that the Browns coming off what they did would be dogs against the Colts. But I also kind of get it. Like, it's hard to believe the Browns can do that again with P.J. Walker. That said, the defense is as legitimate as it gets. So I will continue to roll with the Browns. I'll give me the Browns. Unless they play the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, that defense was good for three quarters of that game, and the one quarter the Ravens did enough. Uh, yeah, I, this comes down to the Browns' defense. I mean, we're, we're talking about backup quarterback versus backup quarterback. The Browns have been very stingy on the ground, which is, you know, I mean, the Indianapolis is averaging 25 rushes plus a game. Um, Jonathan Taylor – Kind of looked like uh, he was back in the good graces of everyone last week with 20-plus carries and things like that. But Minshew is is a great backup quarterback. He's very average as a starter. So I'll take a good defense over an average quarterback. I'll take the Browns. Um, Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. That's basically my thinking. I think the Browns probably, I mean, they they win this one, so I'll take the Browns. Uh, John and Little, I don't know if John and Little Rock's more upset about picking this game or the ACC game, using expletives to describe both both games. We try to pick the AFC North teams because we're paying attention to them during the course of the year. He just gave gave me a really question mark. I mean, I don't think it's the greatest game of the week, but I don't know if he's heard. There's six teams on buys this week. He's taking the Colts in this one, and uh, joining him on the Colts is Jeremy Kahn, the only two taking the Indianapolis Colts. Everybody on the Browns. I mean, I used to be concerned about the fact that I'm picking all of my games the opposite way of Jeremy Kahn, but I'm just not sure anymore. (laughs) Uh, Moving on into the 4 o'clock window on Fox, Pittsburgh Steelers at the LA Rams, and the Rams, three-point favorites. You want to do the bit where you say the Steelers coming off a bye and there's no real home field advantage in Los Angeles. There's probably going to be more Steelers fans there than there are Rams fans. Like the Steelers fans travel. It's probably a destination trip on top of everything else. They're cockroaches. Like there's probably going to be 60-40 Steelers fans for this game. At the same time, it requires me to trust that the Steelers can do anything offensively or that their opponent will have a meltdown. And I I know that it's happened. It's happened a couple times this year. There's a reason the Steelers are 3-2. and two. But I'm not going to count on it this week. Give me the Rams. Uh, yeah, the Rams are playing good football. Um, I, I know we don't know who the running back's going to be um, this week, but I don't know that it matters. Their their passing game is terrific. They're protecting Matt Stafford, um, and the offense until until the offense and maybe maybe getting you know Deontay Johnson back makes all the difference in in the offense. I I, I it can't hurt, 
But the offense looks awful. And until it looks better, I can't select them to win a football game. So I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, yeah, I don't really have – I mean, yeah, other than the Steelers just look bad. Um, and the Rams are you – know, as, as ho- they're home, not that big of an advantage, but they're – they're playing in Los Angeles, so Pittsburgh had to travel far, and they've been having travel issues, I guess, all season too. So, whatever, I'm gonna go with the Rams here. Uh, taking the Steelers is Kyle, John Proctor, uh, John and Little Rock taking the Steelers, Andrew and uh, Jeremy Kahn right. the Steelers as well. I, boy, I think I have picked every game the opposite game of Jeremy opposite Kahn so far. Yeah. I really believe that it. it's, it's been worked a out so far. Clean slate opposite Jeremy Kahn this week. Uh, and then also in the four o'clock window, four twenty-five on CBS. It's gonna be awkward when he ca- I ca- he says he thinks he's got a nine and zero week in him at some point. It's gonna be really awkward when this is the week. Uh, L.A. Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs five and a half point favorites. I, the other thing thing I think I'm doing is I'm picking a lot of favorites, and I don't like that. But this number isn't big enough. Like it's it's this should be over a touchdown. I man, I. The Chiefs struggle when they're big favorites, but they don't tend to struggle when they're favorites of less than a touchdown. They tend to handle that fairly well. I know the Chiefs still don't seem like they're firing on all cylinders, and I don't think that Mecole Hardman's going to change that, but you want me to trust that this is going to be the week where the Chargers don't turn the ball over in a massive spot at the end of the game? You want me to trust that this is the week where they put it all together? No chance. Chiefs. Yeah, that number's not big enough for me. Uh, I... Kansas City, and I actually think they win by double digits. Um, the number is big enough for me. I think five and a half. I mean, it's not a ton, but I think it's enough for the Chargers to to keep it close in games that are typically close. The Chargers are five and one against the spread in the last six against the Chiefs. Um, and yeah, Justin Herbert just has that weird thing where he just seems to find a cover. I feel like, uh, especially in these division games. So I'll take the Chargers. And uh, most of us are actually on the Chargers. On the Chiefs is Glenn and Ken and uh, John Proctor on the Chiefs, as well as Andrew Stetka. Everybody else on the Chargers. You guys are once again against Jeremy like Kahn. That. We're going like to be against that. Jeremy Kahn maybe for the rest of our like lives. That. It's starting to like seem. Yeah. Sunday night football, Miami at Philly. Eagles, two and a half point favorites. <sighs> I have no idea what to do with this game. This is, a, I mean, I might as well flip a coin on this one. Do it. The thing that you would say is that Miami's playing a little bit better than Philadelphia is right now. Jalen Hurts has got to stop throwing interceptions. You're getting points with Miami. Miami. I just wonder if this is an overreaction to last week. You know, I, I, I still think the Eagles are really, really good. Um. But if this becomes a high-scoring game, in high-scoring games, I'm not going to go against the Dolphins this year. So I'm getting points. I don't like it, but I'll take my end. Um, Yeah, same thing. I, I'm just going to lean towards the, the hotter team, and and I think that's – I mean, that's Miami right now since the Eagles are coming off a loss, obviously. Um. So, yeah, they have the more high-powered offense. When push comes to shove, I'm going to lean towards offense at this day and age. So I will go with the Miami Dolphins over the Eagles as well. Uh, So us three on the Dolphins as well as Paul Valley, Kyle Ottenheimer, and Andrew Stetka. Everybody else, including Jeremy (laughs) Kahn. This is what a world. What a world. Uh, What a world, man. I'm I'm not kidding. I think it's a clean sweep. 
Um, Detroit at the Baltimore Ravens. Final game of the slate. Uh, one o'clock. Ravens three point favorites. What tr- is, what's the deal? I've tried talking myself out of it all week. Detroit. Detroit's the pick, man. I don't know why the Ravens are three point favorites in this game. I think the number should be a point and a half. And I don't know how I'd pick it if it was point and a half. But I'm literally just picking it because I think the line's wrong. I don't think that the Ravens should be three-point favorites against the Lions on Sunday. I don't think that they are a definitively better team than the Lions are. And you don't get three points anymore from Vegas just for being at home. So I think this line is wrong because I think the line is wrong. I'm going with Detroit. I don't – the Ravens could very well – this smells – it smells like a push, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But at the same time, if I say it smells like a push, it says I think the Ravens are going to win. And I'm not even sure of that. So – this is the, in my mind, the correct thing to do is to pick the team when two good teams play. Pick the team that's getting the points. Give me the Lions. So, I, I I thought I saw a stat this week that in the last seven times that the Ravens faced teams that were playoff teams. And I think we can all agree that the Lions are a playoff team, right? Probably, yes. Division winners. They're one in six. Um, okay, I'll, I'll look for that. Now, I think in three of those games, Lamar didn't play, but... Kind of matters. I think, um, I've been on the Lions all year. I think they're really, really good. They're playing really, really well. You can't get near Jared Goff right now. Um, I'm going to take the Lions. I'm getting points. Who I think is the better football team right now. So I'm going to take the Lions. Wow. I mean, this game's going to be close. And whenever they play the Lions, it feels like it does come down to a Justin Tucker field goal. And it's In because Detroit, it feels that that's way. That's true. That's true. I, yeah. But the, since this Detroit team is Justin good, Tucker is not making a 60-plus yard kick in Baltimore. He could. The wind, it's going to be windy that day. What direction is the wind? 61? That's 60-plus. Maybe 61. Maybe so. He sure as hell ain't making a 66-yard. Regardless, it is, I, it's going to be close. Uh, I, th- I saw this stat. Detroit is 10-0 and against the spread since 2019 when they are coming off a game in which they allowed less than 17 points. Uh, they allowed six to Tampa Bay last week. And plus, yeah, and plus, uh, I mean, I was already on the Lions. I'm taking the Lions as well. A rare spot where I will be going against the Ravens in this one. We do have three takers of the Baltimore Ravens, Paul Valley, John, and Little Rock. Uh, and Nick, Jeremy Kahn. Uh, Jeremy Kahn is the third one, yes. Son of a bitch. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Nick Kelly's on the Lions. He sent That's me a- unbelievable. Wait, how did he pick the Florida State game? Uh... Who did he take in the Florida State game? He did take Florida State. All right, so it's the oh, only one. Yes. That, that's the only game. Wait, did mm. Ken? Did Ken? Did you and I pick every game the same way this week? You guys too? pick a lot. You guys pick like similar a lot. Like this. Did we? I don't know if it was every like game. This. Um, let's see. Both we, we were. It, it was surprising Penn how State, similar we were this week. Florida. Uh, but the, I couldn't find the stat you were talking Browns. about. Our friend Spencer Schultz said. Uh, home games, or these are in, in by year home wins against teams that finish with a winning record. In 2020, they had one home win over a team with a winning record. In 2021, two home wins against a team with a winning record, and in 2022, one home win against a team that finished with a winning record. Now, again, Lamar Jackson misses yeah. time in there. That does matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not every team that they play ha- finishes with a winning record. So you know, I I don't learn everything that I can learn from that stat, but you know. Glenn, are you wearing a navy jacket? 
I am wearing. And you picked Navy. against them. And I picked Air Force. Yeah. Oh, oh I just noticed that. Yeah, I don't By know. Way, don't I'm, don't I'm bring atten- don't bring attention to it. I don't know that the folks at Loyola would love that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just noticed yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I am wearing. It's it just that is true. You know. I don't even know what you call I, this. I don't it's know like if it's coincidence or quarter zip. It's is it? It's not a quarter zip, is it? Because yeah, it, it comes is. up. Looks like a quarter zip. I can't tell. But it's like you're sitting down. It's like a turtleneck. It's like is it? Uh, yeah, it comes all the way up here. Like, well, yeah, not... but that gets it. How far does the zipper go down? No, I get what you're saying, but the quarter. zipper starts up. It's above a quarter where... zip. I think it starts above where a typical quarter zip by, starts. By the way, can I get extra points if I take the buy minus three and a half? Oh, stop it, you! Stop it! You finally feel good about yourself because you called a Maryland game. Got one. Finally got one this year, dude. But it's he? the one we always get, right? Finally got one. All right, pal. Uh, fantasy pros. Uh, I I'll need I will need more help from you because I got to figure out. Yeah, how to... we all need help. Everybody's hurt and everybody's on buy. Yeah, because well, I and I, but I got to massage my reason. As we complain all the time, the NFL for some yeah, unknown reason teams. just skips a week of buy, so we yeah. have to have six this week. Six teams on buys they, this week. They just want to make fantasy more interesting for us. I I'm, I'm I'm going to inevitably. I think what I figured out I'm going to do is have if McCaffrey doesn't play then i'll play osborne and i'll have to drop jeff will i don't know what i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know what i'm going to do because i can't go into monday without knowing if christian mccaffrey's playing or not it's gonna be a real problem for me keep us uh, when he you practices know, in in full tomorrow you'll be yeah up. i can make a decision at that point all right buddy uh at fans thanks, fantasy guys. on twitty twit on twitty on twitter we'll twitty. see you thanks pal <laughs> okay ken zalas with us as he is every week's for picks we'll get him up uh, at glennclarkradio.com i can remember how to talk I just think I said next week's for picks. I, I don't know what's going on here. My brain, my mouth, they got a fire on synapses. And it's just not happening anymore. It's very frustrating for me. Uh, programming update for today. First of all, today's show brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. They are hosting a community and hiring event. Coming up on Saturday, October 28th, which is one week from this Saturday. So not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday. Get to the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. If you're thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, you can go through the entire process. Written tests, agility tests, application process, all of it. Talk to members of the specialized units about career paths that might be available for you within the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-4584 or go to joinbaltimorecountypd.com. But if you're not thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, it's still a great day to get over because it's just a nice, safe environment for the kids to put their costumes on and go around and get some candy as it is a trunk or treat event for the community as well. So again, one week from this Saturday, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson, the Public Safety Building with the Baltimore County Police Department. Here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in. We're going to do tidbit and tubular. Then we're going to talk to our longtime friend, Jarrett Johnson, is going to rejoin the program. Uh, Double J is coming back to town this weekend to be a part of Terrell Suggs' Ring of Honor festivities. And uh, I happened to check in with him, and he was like, hey, man, I'll, uh, I'll check in with you at noon. I said, okay, we'll make it work. And then we'll wrap up the show with uh, segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show. So that's what's coming up as we continue along here in GCR. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Mar- Maryland5star.us for tickets. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show a partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia the next tyus bowser show is tuesday november 7th at guilford home brewery in station north it's brought to you by aj michaels superbook sports and helpmygamblingproblem.org what company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses allergens and bacteria aj michaels heating and air conditioning in baltimore and annapolis ajmichaels.com Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. Griffin, you want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? 
Yeah, the second chance to win drawing is going on. Maybe luck wasn't on your side in a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Well, you can get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour, cash and free play prizes worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or call 1-800-GAMBLER. What you got? For tidbit today, um, we have... Uh, so, Asia Wilson, she became the sixth player in WNBA history to be the number one overall draft pick, league MVP, and finals MVP to win all three... Or to win both... To win a finals MVP, to win an MVP award, and be the first overall pick. Um, you try to guess the other five. Okay. Or name one or two of them. The problem is I don't know who won was went number one overall. Like that's that's the issue here. So I'm just gonna be guessing. I'm gonna guess Candace Parker. Candace Parker is on the list. I'm gonna guess Sue Bird. Sue Bird is not on this list. Okay. I'm gonna guess Diana Taurasi. Diana Taurasi is on the list. I'm gonna guess. Uh, I mean, I guess we could go all the way back to like Rebecca Lobo. Uh no, not Rebecca Lobo. She might predate the draft era, honestly. Uh, ba, 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 ba. How about Brittany Griner? Mm, not Brittany Griner. I might struggle all of a sudden. Yeah. Maya Moore. Maya Moore is on the list. Okay. Two more. One is very recent. One is very recent. One is very recent. recent. Number one overall pick. Uh, Inescu hasn't won. Very recent. Very recent. I don't know. Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart. Okay. Correct. Correct. Uh, and then also Lauren Jackson is the uh, final yeah, okay. one on this that list. Makes sense. Yes. Sure. Astros. They are now eighteen and two in the playoffs when Jordan Alvarez has an RBI. He there's only one other player in MLB history with with, two, with the two games, the first two games of the series. Um, did he have an RBI? In those it felt games? like he was the only guy that was. Maybe he didn't have an RBI. Just had hit. Yeah. He just felt like he was the only guy that was right. producing at um, all. I'm not sure when the two losses were, actually. But there's one other player to have a career 900 winning percentage in the postseason when he uh, records an RBI. Uh, also, 18-2. and two. Any guess at who that may be? Yeah, I guess it's pretty impossible. Say it again. Guess. 900 career winning percentage. He's 18-2. and two. His team is 18-2 right, and two yeah. when he has an RBI. Jordan Alvarez and this man. No. 1930s. Oh, if you said that. Hank Greenberg. No. Yeah, just tell him we got to. Lou Gehrig. Okay. Lou he Gehrig. was good. Um, do you want to, yeah, I mean, is that is that good for today or do you want to? I mean, do you have something that you think is I great? Take, yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, you know, it's a solid, solid tidbit here. It's going to take five minutes for me to guess. I think so. Okay. Travis maybe, Kelsey. Right. Oh, maybe, quick, oh, okay. Quick, quick. Oh, I thought that meant quick. Quick. Go. Travis Kelsey uh, had 120 yards last Thursday. Um, he is now second all-time most games with 120 yards. Can you name the top uh, top six here? So five As other tight ends. Receiving yards. Mm -hmm. and they're, Oh, they're all tight ends. Yes, among tight ends, most receiving yards. Most Sh games with 120 Shannon receiving Sharp. yards. Uh, Shannon Sharp has 10 games with 120 receiving yards. Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski is who uh, Travis Kelsey surpassed with 12, so yes. Gonzalez. Eric, or Eric. Tony Gonzalez is, is yeah. Uh, Tony Gonzalez is number one. Okay. Gates. 16 games. 
Uh, Antonio Gates, yes. Look at you. I need one more. Uh, you do need one more, and this is the toughest Witten. one. No, not Jason Witten. Vernon Davis. Got to go way back. Got to go way back. Got to go way back. Um, I know. Yeah. Uh, Ozzie Newsom. Not Ozzie Newsom. Even further back. Even further back than Ozzie Newsom. He was a Philadelphia Eagle in the 50s and 60s. So, yeah, I'm not sure if this guy is even on your radar. Uh, Harold Carmichael is is well after that. Uh, His first name's Pete. Pete Retzloff. Oh yeah, well, Pete yeah. Retzloff. Yeah, that I wasn't was sure. Like, I wasn't sure if that was. Yeah, it does not gonna be one on your on your radar at all. Well, with ten me. games with 120. Maybe, maybe he played with my wife's That's grandfather. Right. That is actually your problem. Maybe they were, maybe they were teammates. 1956. I, uh, I think this pre. I think he predates 56. Damn. I think he was more around uh, World War II. Mm. So I, th- I think I haven't done a whole be- deep dive into it. Mark Andrews has three of these games, for what it's worth. All right. Very good. Uh, here, here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Tubular is brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free right now. Your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. On the cover, a collage of the survivors, the position players who were holdovers from the Dan Duquette era that went through some dark times only to uh, help the team uh, turn around completely this season. Anthony Santander, Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, Austin Hayes, great story from Todd Karpovich. Lots of Brooks Robinson reflection in this print issue of PressBox as well. Go pick it up for free today at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Here's what's coming up tonight. As I mentioned, both series continue tonight. TBS, 5 o'clock for Game 3 between the Phillies and Diamondbacks. Ranger Suarez and Brandon Pfat, or whatever. Did we ever figure it out? Pfat. We should really get to the bottom of that. Pfat. We'll have to watch it's the pitching tonight. matchup. Uh, Fox Sports 1 for game four in the ALCS as the Astros try to even it up. They send Jose Urquidy against Andrew Heaney at 8 o'clock. Morgan State returns to action. They had to take a little hiatus after, unfortunately, the shooting that occurred on campus. But they will be back tonight, 7.30, on ESPNU against North Carolina Central. Jaguars and Saints, 8-15 on Amazon Prime to kick off Week 7 in the NFL. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence plays, or I have even bigger roster problems. Big Ten Network for Wisconsin-Maryland women's soccer at 8 o'clock. Some college football, ESPN2, Rice Tulsa at 7, ESPN James Madison Marshall at 7, Blackhawks Avalanche at 10.30 on ESPN, Oilers Flyers at 7.30 on ESPN Plus and Hulu, Golf Channel for the Zozo Championship in Japan, Round 2 at 11 o'clock. Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com. Anything non-sports-wise? Not really. It's a good uh, good night for sports. Loki at 9 Fortunately, p.m. Fortunately, Colbert got sick, and the Talking Heads thing didn't even happen last night. Just cancel it all. Unbelievable. Just cancel it all, right? That's it? That's all you got? Yeah, that's all I got. Okay, Loki. Loki on there Disney+. Plus. Check it out. All right. Uh, Tubular was also brought to you today by... Ooh, this one was brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Before we get out of here today, we will bring you segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show from Mother's North Grill this week. Featuring Jadeveon Clowney, including uh, we got a little bit more into the legendary hit against Vincent Smith in Michigan all those years ago. We'll get to that here coming up before we wrap up today's show. But this weekend, 
Sunday. The Baltimore Ravens will induct Terrell Suggs into their ring of honor, and I happen to see that our next guest is coming back to town, and it's been a little while, man. We haven't caught up with him in quite a bit, but uh, he was, once upon a time, part of the same draft class in 2003 as Terrell Suggs. They came up together. He is the man himself, Double J, Jarrett Johnson, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Jarrett, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up, brother. Hope you're doing great. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, no, no problem. Good to hear from you guys. Man, um, take me back to you, you got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens just a couple of rounds after this guy Terrell Suggs. Did you know anything at all about the guy at the time, and what was like your first interaction like that you ever had with him? <laughs> yeah, so um, the first time I'd ever heard his name, um, so my junior year I had had um, – I had quite a few sacks, not, not a lot, but, you know, I was pretty good for the SEC, had like nine sacks in my, my uh, senior year. You know, I was wanting to, you know, beat that. I, I was wanting to have double-digit sacks, and, you know, that was a goal of mine. And, uh, you know, so I was, you know, uh, going into that season, you know, kind of looking out like who are the other really good pass rushers, whatever. Turns out didn't have as good – I mean, had a good season, just didn't have the production as, as a pass rusher. only had five sacks my senior year. But – I remember like watching this the national sack totals and there's this name this right. Suggs guy that was just putting up ridiculous numbers. I mean he had as a junior he had 24 sacks in a, in a season which is just unheard of. And I remember looking at it thinking like this is a typo like there's no way this is right. Like you know <laughs> I mean um, you know but that that's the first time I'd ever heard his name and then obviously um, you know got drafted together came in um, our first mini camp we were we were roommates together and. You know, my first impression of him, number one, just, you know, how, you know, he was a – I would say the first thing that I was impressed with is how calm he was and how comfortable he was around the vets, whereas, you know, I was a nervous wreck. You know, I was just fighting for my life, trying to make a name for myself. This guy came in, fun, love, and attitude, you know, great to be around. Um, you know, he was like a big kid, you know, kind of silly. But when it came to football – I mean, he was one of the, the first premier um, top-tier just God-given, God-given athletes I'd ever been around. Um, you know, obviously he was rookie of the year, his uh, rookie year, uh, or uh, uh, defensive rookie of the year at 12 sacks. I mean, just unbelievable player to be around. Did you get a sense? We all like we'll talk about his personality because my God, right? But like, did you get right. a sense of what made him so special? We know he's physically imposing, but there's a lot of dudes at this level right. that are physically. Like I've been around you, you're pretty physically imposing, right? Um, what made right. him so special at the art of wrecking and creating hell for quarterbacks? Well, I would say you know he he you know, came into the league built as a pass rusher. You know, when you watch them play at Arizona State, you know, we used to call it the Sizz 11 te technique because he was so wide. He was almost outside of the, the frame of the, the game film coming off that edge. And that's what he did. He was an up-the-field pass rusher, and that's what he came in as. But what made him great is the ability to take that skill set that he had, that dominance that he had, but then adapt no and doubt. become really good in pass no rush. Doubt. Yeah become really good in the run-stopping game, um, being able to run um, blitz packages. You know, I played with Dr Dwight Freeney for three years in San Diego, and he was an elite pass rusher, but he just did one thing. I mean, he got wide, 
and he screamed off the edge. When it came to the run and all the other things, he really wasn't that interested. You know, he was still a great player in his own right. But Terrell, in my opinion, was much more of a complete player where he, he adapted his game. Um, he understood that if he played well on first and second down, he could get to third and long and then get wide, do his thing, come off that edge, as well as run all the multiple blitz packages and, you know, all the spinner formations that we had. He was really, really good in, the, in, those, um, uh, in, in those packages. So he was just a really complete player. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think it's the most undertold story uh, or part of Sorrell Suggs' game is what how he, to your point, started as an edge rush specialist and became one of the most complete linebackers in all of football. It was it was wild to behold that during the course of his career. Jared Johnson is with us here on GCR. Jared, I feel like when you bring up him fitting in seamlessly with the veterans, it speaks to what everyone knows of who Terrell Suggs was. And this was a big personality team, right? Like when you guys arrived, it was still just on the heels of them having done hard knocks before that. And like we all saw these personalities on this team. Do you feel like in order for him to have been the player that he was, he had to also be able to be the personality that he was? Yeah, you know, Terrell was a perfect fit for us, you know, because we had so many, like you said, so many personalities, uh, so many intense personalities, you know, Ray and Ed and, and some of the other characters that, that maybe didn't carry such a high-profile name, but we had a lot of really intense players in the locker room. But to offset that, you had your characters. You know, your guys are always playing jokes or, you know, just keeping you laughing, keeping things light. You know, and the season is so long, and everybody's dealing with injuries. Everybody's dealing with things back home or off the field. Um, everybody's under pressure. Uh, it's a high-stress game. You know, so if you don't have that ability to laugh and cut up and, and, and relax, you know, it makes the room so much better. And Terrell was such a good uh, counterbalance to the intensity that that, that particular team had. Um, it was a perfect fit. And, you know, I think early on, you know, Terrell, um, you know, he was, even though he had a bunch of production early in his career, you know, he wasn't starting. He was a, he was a, a role player. He was coming in on third down. He was a top 10 pick. So there was a lot of pressure on him. And I think early on that, that pressure um, affected him, but it allowed him, you know, his personality, uh, you know, gave him time to develop, um, he he um you know he he morphed into uh early on he was just able to focus on his play and not have to worry about you know being the face of the franchise because we already had that you know right. we had two or three guys that you could call the face right. of the franchise um and then over his career he did especially after i left and ray retired he became that guy he became you know the the the, the voice the leader you know the the stand-up veteran but for his first you know, I would say seven or eight years, he could just relax and be Terrell and just do what he had to do and just kept things light, kept things fun, as well as being extremely productive. Do you feel like there's a chance, by the way, that like somehow he didn't even get fully appreciated for his greatness because, as you point out, he was sharing a defense with, you know, two of the greatest players in the history of football and like that, that somehow, well, everybody talked about the Ravens defense that maybe – Terrell Suggs never fully got all of the respect that he should get as one of the best players in all of football because everybody was talking about Ray and Ed for so many years. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, in my mind, you know, he's top three um, in that in that in the franchise history as far as defensive players go. Um, you know, so if, I, I think if you don't give him his respect, you know, you're not really paying attention um, and seeing just how dominant he was, how multiple he was, uh, how much of a complete player he was. But you know, anybody, you're always going to fall prey to that when you we, when you play with a personality like a Ray and a Ed and some of those other ones. And, you know, and it, it's, I don't think it's a knock on anybody. It's just, it's, it's just the way it is, you know, and, and, uh, and Ray and Ed deserve that. You know I of mean? Course. They, they, right. they earned that and they were those players. So, so, okay. You said jokes, right? Do, do you have any stories that you could tell? Cause I'm sure there are some that you <laughs> cannot, right? Yeah. I have no doubt there'd be some yeah. like, bro, that one's going <laughs> to the grave. Like that's just the way that it goes. But are there any that you could tell? Because everyone knows that this is—I mean, like this is who this man was. Is there? Do you have one that you'd be willing to share with us? Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, there was a lot of good ones. He was, you know, I mean, they stole the the—I uh, can't remember if it was Art's golf cart or one of the equipment guys' golf cart that they used to run equipment around. Uh, it was in the indoor facility, and somehow they squeezed it into the the double doors from the indoor facility into the the hallway, and managed to get it all the way to the linebacker's uh, position room. <laughs> they drove the golf cart all the way through the facility. Um, uh, he would. My favorite one is when, which I'm sure you guys hated, is when they would. It was you know the media time in the locker room and. You know, you'd have 20 or 30 reporters and live feeds and video cameras, all this yeah. stuff. And he would go, if he, if you were doing an interview next to, if you were interviewing somebody that was next to his locker, he would go put on his jock strap yep. and stand in the background yep. on his stool and be pretending to look at, look for something in the top of his locker. So, and it was funny because there'd be like 15 reporters and they're all like jockeying for position for the, uh, for the interview. But now they're all jockeying trying to get Terrell's butt out of the shot yep. you know and he's like, he would like move around you know <laughs> uh by the it was particularly frustrating because Halodi's Halodi's locker was like right next to Terrell and so there was regularly someone and if I remember right. correctly Marshall was over there too at the beginning of his career yeah and so these are guys that you regularly wanted yeah. to talk to when you were in the locker room these were not nobodies right. Right. That, that were next to Terrell Suggs yeah. and you always had to deal yeah. with these types of things yeah oh. yeah uh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of some other. I'm yeah, actually, there, I'm there, actually. There was a lot of good ones. There was I, a ton of fun. I'm imagining that at some point it would have been his goal to actually have gotten multiple golf carts and try to have created golf cart races down the hallway uh, at some point. And I'm, I don't oh, know yeah. if that ever occurred, but that would have been uh, that yeah. would have been really great, man. Um, uh, Double J, let's yeah. you know. Let me get caught up with you, right? Like I know it's been a few years since you've been in Baltimore. He said, "I'm getting out of this thing, man. I'm." I'm just going to go have a life. I'm not doing football all the time yeah. anymore. What's going on with you? How are things in your world? Yeah, we're good, man. We're just, you know, doing the, the dad thing. I got two I got two kids play soccer and tennis. We're busy with them. But, yeah, I was, you know, I was doing radio, um, traveling with the team. And um, we were actually uh, moving back and going full-time um, back in the ball, you know, with the personnel department. And COVID kicked off and – whole world shut down and you know we didn't even know if there was going to be an nfl season that year so ended up not making the transition 
ended up staying here and gotten involved in some uh some other projects i got a coffee shop and i got some cool, real estate man. stuff and still fishing a bunch and uh you know trying to keep up with ball as much as i can i do i do miss baltimore you know it's a special place to me and uh you know but you get so busy with travel sports and all the other things so were you able to like be happy to get back up there I was. Were you able to like decompress and spend the Sunday like not watching football and just being like, bro, I'm just gonna go fishing today and not think about it? Or did you still find yourself yeah. like obsessively watching every game? And instead, you know, because you weren't know, talking about them on the radio, you were like talking about them with your kids, and they were like, Dad, I we don't we don't care this much, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm in a healthy spot. You know, I just went on a trip with with Ray Lewis, and um, he was telling me about how this was his first year. Um, and since he started playing that he can sit and enjoy his weekends and not worry about watching film or keeping up with what's going on in the league. He can just kind of watch as a fan or not watch at all. And how much that, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a transition for him, but how much he was kind of enjoying it, just doing other things. And I've kind of been like that for a while now, you know, when I was doing radio, I obviously kept up, you know, with, with all the, the, um, the things that were going on with the, the, the team and the league and, and now I just kind of watch as a fan. I still, I love watching football. You know, I got teammates that hate watching. I, I've never been like that. I've always been a fan of the game and, and um, enjoying just sitting back and watching the game. But if I miss a game, if I, you know, uh, if, if there's some drama going on that I don't know about, I don't really, I don't really lose sleep over it. Yeah, you know, right. I, I do wish I'd kept up with the team a little more because I don't even, you know, I don't really even know, like, all their players and all the, the things that are going on. I just kind of watch as a fan and, and enjoy it. Hey man, that's not a bad way to do it. And, um, and it won't be a bad way to spend the day. It's a heck of a game actually for you to be up here for this weekend, by the way, it's a really good one. What a world we're yeah. in. With, what a world it is where the lions are good, Jared. Like we're really excited about a game against the lions in Baltimore. I know. I know who would have thought, you know, but that's, that's the beauty of the league is it always kind of counterbalances and bad teams can't be bad forever unless they're Cleveland. But, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody else seems to find a way to. <laughs> yeah. Well done, bro. It's always bro. funny because it's true. Well done, bro. Well done. <laughs> that, you, you know that one's going to end up getting sent out. You know, like, somebody is going to put that on Twitter, though. Like, you know that's the uh, one uh, that's going to end up getting out there because <laughs> that's perfect. Um, it'll be great to see you. Yeah, I, I, you're doing uh, one of the tailgates on Sunday, right? Like you're going to be over hanging out uh, with one of them. I yeah. Think. Yeah. 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 I'm going to do Jimmy seafood, um, nice. which man, I, you know, I haven't done it in what, three or four years, something like that. And it's always been a, a good time. I I've heard they've, they've even moved the, um, the venue to right outside the stadium. Yeah. It's got a great location and they always put on a hell of a show, man. Like it's a great way to pregame and, and, and go enjoy your Sunday. Yeah, man, that'll be awesome for a chance for you guys to hang out with the great Jarrett Johnson this Sunday. Dude, it's great to catch up with you. It's been too long, man. Uh, best to you, yep. brother. Look forward to seeing yep. you out there this weekend. Yep, sounds good. Have a good one. Thanks, buddy. Double J, Jarrett Johnson with us here on GCR as he's headed back to Baltimore as the Ravens will put uh, his uh, former teammate and uh, draft mate, Terrell Suggs, in the ring of honor this weekend. Today's show, a reminder, it's also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. And one week from this Saturday is the big hiring event and community event. You're going to want to be there, 700 East Jopper Road in Towson. Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Great opportunities, competitive salaries, great bonus packages. And if you just want to learn more, 
you can show up, ask questions, find out if there's maybe a path for you. Say, I don't know if I'm going to be a patrol officer, but there are other opportunities. You can find out about that. On that date, talk to members of the specialized units. Also, you could go through the written test, the agility test, the application process. You don't have to commit to anything, but if you think it's something you want to do, and remember, I passed the agility test. I can, I swear to God, you can too. If you're not thinking about any of those things, you say, I, I, it's just not for me. No problem. You should still be there anyway because it's a trunk or treat event and a chance for your kids to get their costumes on and come out and get some candy in a nice, safe environment with the Baltimore County Police Department this, not this Saturday, the following Saturday, the 28th, at the Public Safety Building. Find out more. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. Thanks today to Jarrett Johnson. Thanks also to Nate Ebner as well as Ken Zalis. We'll get all that up in the greatest hit section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow, Stan the Fan will be here. I'm assuming Bo Smolka, yes. Pressbox Ravens beat writer, will check in with us. Stuff and things. Oh, boy. It's been a on the, it's been on the a, burner. Been a rough been a rough week. Yeah. Thankfully somebody was booking guests this week. <laughs> yes, it was. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, Thanks. all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, Guilford Hall Brewery, AJ Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go Morgan football. Go uh, Jags for my picks here. No, we don't care about that. Duke sucks. Now we wrap up today's show, segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show for Mother's North Grill earlier this week with special guest Jadevion Clowney. Back in here for segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show. That's not the right one. Let's make sure we get that one right. Let's play. That's why I always say it at the beginnings. It'd be awkward. How about this one? And welcome back into the Tyus Bowser Show. Press box and 105.7 The Fan. We are live at Mother's North in Timonium. Rita and Glenn, Tyus, and his special guest, Jadevion Clowney. Man, Mother's North has a lot going on, including coming up on Friday, October 27th. A Halloween party with live music from Coconut Jack. Dress up, join the fun. Costume contest. Prize will be given out at 9 o'clock Friday, October 27th. Uh, Is there a team Halloween party again this year, Tyus? I don't know. (laughs) Trippy wants to come out. Hey, that's out of my control, so I'm not sure. Have you, you, we know that you did the last minute costume in the past. I did. That just basically involved you taking your shirt off. Pretty much. Which I think that most people would be in favor of you doing again. I'm sure they would. Yeah, right? I've had a lot of people say that. Yeah. <laughs> have you made a commitment to a Halloween costume this I year? I have not. I, I have like three choices. Okay. I have like three options, and I'm trying to figure out if I can get into character. Can we, can we like vote on it? Is that, can we? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I like it to be a, I like a, surprise? It to be a surprise. All right. All right. Fair yeah. enough. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Can you figure out, Rita and Jadevian are doing a show about, like, moisturizers? I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they got we going on. We were talking there. about our nail care etiquette. Nail That's care. what was going on Go. over here. Oh, man. Trying to stay right. <laughs> 
I think about that I just that would like lot. to say that he has very clean nails. So, and Tyus always comes in with the clean nails. So that's nothing new, right? Tyus always has manic. Yeah, I be noticing you be having nice yeah. manicured yeah. nails, yeah. and it be yeah. shiny and buffy. I always notice. I, I had to take off the buff last time. I okay. Had, I had a girl who's like, "Ooh, those are cute." Boy, I was like. <laughs> For guys that play defense, uh, like, because especially like you, right, with your hands, like, being in the, like, hey, that's some nice nails. That's all I'm saying. Hands beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Old cricket. <laughs> all, hey, right now, all your fingers are in the right place. Just try to keep it that way. I mean, I'm trying to keep, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes they get a little cricket. Hey, uh, I have some exciting news. Tyus Bowser is launching a foundation, ladies and gentlemen. I am. I am. We've been waiting for this day, man. We've we, been. We have, man. I know you've been excited about this. Absolutely. You want to tell everybody about like the, all the dub, the you know that we know so far, because I know we don't know all the details yet. Yeah. But like, there's a big launch party coming up. Yeah, I have a big launch party. Uh, and Glenn and I will be there. Yes. I, I don't need an invite. I will show up. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, okay. I appreciate you know, Miss Wanda showing up too. Oh, yeah. oh and absolutely. you already know my mama absolutely. coming. So huh, yeah. we will be there whether you get it, us an invite or not. Absolutely. But, Thank uh, you. It's November seventeenth, and um, my check, my check. Oh, we, hello, hello. We good? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, November seventeenth, and. Try to invite his. All right, we're going to have to switch mics for a second. Give, give Rita's mic. We'll figure Mike out check, what's going Mike on. Mike right. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. All right, so it's November 17th. Uh, I'm going to try to bring a ton of my teammates, uh, try to invite them out. But it's just an opportunity for um, just us to try to raise money. Um, my main focus is just aiming towards underprivileged kids and just trying to raise money for them, just giving them the opportunities, the tools needed to be successful, just like in any other area. And I just know for me personally, I came from, you know, that side of town where, you know, the resources was limited. And, you know, thank God that I had, you know, great support system, just a natural God ability, and just, you know, just a little bit of blessing to be able to be in this position and, you know, just to have the opportunity to, you know, be that for the kids who are less fortunate, who are, you know, trying to get to where I am or trying to be, you know, the next billionaire businessman or woman, whatever the case may be. Like, I want to give them that opportunity and the tools. So whatever I can, whatever I can do to, you know, make that possible for them, that's, that's my main goal. November 17th. November 17th. At, at the Inner Harbor Hyatt Regency. Yes. And in the next week, there's going to be some more details that are going to be coming out. They're going to be more official about how to get, you know, how you yeah. can support it, tickets, all those things. Absolutely. And uh, I would be paying attention to Tyus's social channels. Oh, yeah. For all of that. Yeah, make sure we're going to promote that as much as possible. I would imagine our regulars are likely to be out there to yes, support I, that. I, I, like, I, look, I look for that, so. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Chidevion, uh, you've talked about um, your own story. Uh, when Tyus was talking about, you know, kids, you've talked a little bit about, you yeah. know, growing up and, and your family. And, yes. you yeah, know, my, I had a starter foundation 10 years ago. It's called the HIT Foundation, Helping Time. Can I, can I ask you? I'm sorry, man. Can I ask okay. you? Okay. <laughs> I, I had a By foundation. By the way, Jadeveon's at the end of the night going to be like, bro, yeah. I am sick of that, dude. <laughs> I am. He's going to treat me like Vincent Smith. Nah, he all right. Um, 
I had a foundation. I started it up about 10 years ago when I uh, first got drafted. It's called the HIT Foundation, and uh, it's a helping time. It's really for single families, single family homes, because I grew up without my dad. He was incarcerated for 15 years when I was born. I ain't see him until I got into the ninth grade. And uh, so I always try to help guys, help, help kids that grew up with a single family home parents. And uh, I've been doing pretty good over uh, 10 years of my career, giving back, having Christmas drives for kids back home, and even in the uh, teams I've been playing for. So hopefully I can keep that going here and try to do it this year and uh, try to give back. That's awesome, man. We love that. That's great. Is there, is there a website or anywhere that we, like, we could point people to if they wanted to support what you're doing? Uh, I'm going to get it set up up here, man. I got to talk to my foundation All leader, right. my mom, <laughs> and I'm going to try to get it back going the way I want it going. Because since when I got hurt the year before, I kind of – fell off of it a little bit. So I just want to get it back going away. I usually been doing it myself, donation, all my money out of my pocket, just really taking care of kids. I do Christmas drives back home every year. I just give like 50 grand and bring out like random drawings for kids in my neighborhood city and just been doing that. Then I do it on, did it in Cleveland twice and just going in my pockets, really doing it. And I've been blessed to make a uh, pretty penny in the National Football League. So it really haven't been bothering me twenty or $30,000 a year just doing that. I kind of enjoy it myself. That's awesome, man. Great. That's awesome. Great. All right, so Rita read ahead a little bit at the beginning of the show. This was the portion. We're going to have to share this mic. I'm sorry. Oh, um, oh. Yes, I did. We were supposed to talk about the hit now, but I was so excited about it because I still remember it like it was yesterday that I wanted to talk about it then. So I'm these, sorry. I, because Rita already handled it, this is the only thing I'll, I'll follow up with. Is there any other hit that you've had in your life that you would say, like, I actually think that one was better? I think that one yeah, was... Uh, I, hit a guy, I hit a guy in Tennessee when I was playing in uh, college, and I hit a guy in, uh, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, like, my rookie year. I caught real good, a couple hits, and I was like, them probably was good, better hits, harder, but the helmet just didn't come There's off. There's nothing like, like it. There's yeah, nothing, no, like, nothing so like that. That's the only thing that kept it from not making it big. I've been trying ever since to get another one of them hits. Oh, of course. As soon as one mic starts working, the other mic. Yo, yeah. right. Hopefully I catch somebody this season and make ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know you can't do that no more, right? Yeah. I know, right? Maybe, Ty, yeah, yeah, something yeah. close to it, though. What is your all-time favorite hit, like, of yours? What is the one that, like, you enjoyed? We remember you got the pick against Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. and, and you talk about that a lot. Yeah. But what about as far as the hit's concerned? Is there one for you in your career that stands out the most? I ain't really just been like a hard hitter like that. I just, I just try to be technique sound and get them down. That's, that's been my mindset. But um, I can't really just think of a big hit. I can't think of a big hit. But um, I would probably say, um, I'd probably say ten, the Texans during 2020. Um, tight end caught, tight end caught a ball like right around. Uh, right around like the hashes went downfield he did like a spin and didn't even see me and I just went shoulder shoulder first right into his chest what is okay what is that feeling like like you it feels good man <laughs> it feels good to catch somebody to catch somebody slipping that feels good I can also say I actually just thought about this um the Cleveland game um it was the night where I pretty much had those two yeah. uh, defend and Baker Mayfield was doing a um, was doing the play action, and he came around, 
and was pretty much trying to set up for a pass, and I was just full speed ahead at his chin, and I didn't stop, and I got a flag for it, but when I looked at it, I hit him like right in his chest, and it was just the impact was so hard that his head went back, but that was definitely a hit that I remember that felt really good. My favorite one was when you came back um, from injury last year in the Saints game, you had your first sack. You remember that? Yeah. I was there to see that, and I was the I was the one screaming Hold like on. a proud you auntie. Saints? You said the Saints? Yeah. I didn't have a sack during the Saints. That was. You nah. have a sack? Oh boy, this is awkward Saints. now. Huh? This Not is. during the Saints game. You did, or did you have a? Did you were you? Did you have a hurry? I could have sworn it was I did. a sack. It was a hurry. I thought you com- You finished. I finished them. I remember that. Okay. That was All that right. first third down. Yes. I can't, yeah, I remember. Yes. It wasn't a sack, though. Oh, it was okay. almost well, a sack. Okay. Well, I thought, <laughs> he threw it, I away. thought he it was a sack. He got scared. And I felt like a proud auntie out there. I was like, look at Ty. is <laughs> yeah. back in old form. I know. It was, it it was good. good to see you back that day. I appreciate day. it. I appreciate Jeanette, it. What, what about for you when you get a hit like that? Like, what is? How do you describe the feeling of... Yo, that was as clean as it gets. I be really trying to go for the kill shots. That's my problem. <laughs> uh, every hit, I wanted to be a big hit. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm always out there trying to look somebody up, even if it's a tight end or pulling guard or anybody. I'm just trying to chin check them, just see how tough they is, <laughs> trying to get up on their chin. And I tell them guys, man, them guys don't want to be physical no more. The physical days are over with. Yeah. That's when I first came into the National Football League. They had fullbacks on the roster. It was real physical. Now it's like, yeah, anybody trying to be physical no more. The game is kind of a lot lighter. We are going to talk about that. Uh, by the way, how long after the hit in the bowl game did you realize, like, oh, my God, dopes are going to be asking me about this for 20 years. Like, I'm going to be sitting and doing a radio show in Baltimore <laughs> a decade from now. I never, I never thought I was going to go this crazy. Yeah? No, but when it happened... Everybody was like, man, you don't know what you just did. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to win a game. I want that ball so bad. <laughs> Not I don't even think that ball about back. So that's crazy. Is crazy. there a more iconic hit, Tyus? Like, I, I still remember where I was at when I, when I really? seen that hit. Yeah. I was at home, like, with my parents watching that game. And I was actually going for Michigan. I was going for Michigan. Oh, boy. It's crazy. But when I seen that hit, I was like, yeah, this is. <laughs> It's crazy. It I'm great. in like year 10, and I got uh, kids on the team be like first year rookie, and they be like, man, I was in middle school when you made it here <laughs> yeah. in high school. I'm like, like am real. I getting that old now? I'm like, God, <laughs> time fly, but, uh, yeah. you know, it, it changed my life. Talk uh, about that, though, real quick. You are a, essentially a veteran at this point, right? Yes. So how? I don't think it's essentially. Yeah. <laughs> ten, ten good years, ten good years. It's been you a lot are of ups a veteran yes. on this team, and it is a lot of youth on this team. So how do you communicate with the young guys, or or how does that work for you? Man, I just try to listen to their music. Stay, stay young. <laughs> play around. Well, with what them. music do you listen to? Rap, R and B, just. The young stuff, everything. <laughs> just, just try to listen to whatever they put on. I try to learn. Like, man, I'm trying to stay young, man. Stay, yeah. stay in this thing. <laughs> Tyus is actually struggling with that too now. Yeah, the he's, conversations he's on your side. changing I'm struggling, now. Man. You know, they it's hard. everything different, man. I was the guy asking the questions. Now everybody asking me the questions. It's just like <laughs> a revolving door. Like it's crazy, but I, I enjoy it. It's like, man, it's you cool. the OG. Everybody be like, unk, unk, unk. I'm like, man, hold up. <laughs> I'm 30 years old. I don't I know why this unk, but uh, I've been called unk for the last two years in the league. I'm like, God, I'm not old. I'm, I don't think so, but 
I guess when after like year six or seven, you be like the OG on the team. So it's, it's, it's fun. I'm just glad to still be doing this in 10 years, man. Some people's careers get caught, cut so short. And the career I had to come off to start my career hurt after my first game and tear my knee up of my career, I had a micro fracture. And then to play nine good years after that, it's been a blessing. And I enjoyed every minute of it. It's awesome. Hey, what company has the expertise and technology to make your home substantially more energy efficient, comfortable, and even virus free? It's AJ Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis at AJMichaels.com. Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box 1057, The Fan. So uh, you talked about how football has changed. Yeah. Tyus, I, I think Rita was ready to strangle a man when Kyle Hamilton got kicked out of the game on Sunday. Yeah. I, I, know, I, I know what an ejection looks like, and that ain't it. That's um, all I'm saying. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I'm not trying I, to. I said it. I already, had, I already oh, said yeah. it. You Rita can, you can blink twice if you agree. But the way that football has changed yeah. is more what I wanted to talk about so that we don't get you in trouble. Yeah. They're also now looking, what is it, the hip drop tackle? Yeah. Is now the NFL's looking to get rid of that. The who? The, who? the hip drop tackle? Oh, what well, Matabike be doing? No, Matabike was uh, full Mata. body weight, right? Yeah, Matabike was full yeah, body Mata, weight. Mata yeah, Matabike was full body weight. That yeah, was, that was, that was like different. They make it but, so hard. It's but, a tackle, man. I mean, it's a tackle. Yeah, that's that's what hard. I'm like, it, are we at a point now where it's like, yeah, Impossible? We, yeah. yeah, pretty much. To hit the quarterback anyways, because you can't hit him above in the head, and you can't hit him below the waist, like in their legs, or that's like a flag. So it's like really like you got to be soft with them guys. You can't fall on them. That's why I'm missing so much, you feel me? I'm just wanna, <laughs> I, I'd rather lay on them. I'd rather just smack them and get it over <laughs> with. But you just got to tackle him a proper way now. You can't fall to the side. I feel like you can hurt yourself you more now. You have to gently lay him down, tuck yeah, him into bed. Yeah. I think it's Kevin Hart like did a little thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Game changer. Uh, like I said, the, the physicality of the game definitely has been toned down. Them guys getting paid $200 million now. So it's like we don't want y'all to hurt them. Everybody want to see them on Sundays. Like everybody play to see their quarterback play. And, but they hurt the defensive linemen and the guys that's trying to get them because – we don't want to get hurt trying to tackle them. Like, we trying to twist our body tackling them. I see guys tear their ACLs, hurt their knees and ankles trying to protect the quarterback. And uh, it's kind of hard, but it's not going to change. How do you, in the moment, like, can you, do you even have to think about it? Like, do you just have to say, dude, I'm going to go hit this dude. And if they throw a flag on me, they throw a flag on me. Uh, so be it. I want my sack. So it's like, I better not mess this up. Like, I get there. <laughs> I, I don't do all this work to get there and get, get exactly. him down and get a flag for them to take it away. So exactly. it's like. That's a fine line. I'm like, let me get there. Okay, let me slow down and tackle him. Not, not miss, but let me take him to the ground the proper way without a flag. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's a different game. Have you ever, Tyson, have you ever missed one because you're like, I, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I, miss, I missed at least like two of them where I'm like, I need to make sure that I need to turn this certain type <laughs> of way or I got to put both of my hands yeah. down so I'm not putting my entire body weight <laughs> on the quarterback. And it was just All like, of a sudden you turn around, you're like, flag. Yeah. <laughs> flag or he's gone he didn't figure out a way to get out of it. and it's like man forget this man i'm just gonna have to hit him at this point like yeah. it is what it is so david you guys used to have to go after lamar jackson man <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i told him when i got here i said uh 
I'm 30 years old now, man. I ain't like I used to be, so I ain't got to chase you no more. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough task, going to the game. You game plan for somebody who can, no matter where you at, he can juke you, get away from you. It's like, it's, it's a hard, it was a hard task all these years playing against that guy. But now that I'm here, I'm, I love to watch other people do it. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm going to get a first down out of him. Like, I don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah, see, he done pulled it up on me. See, <laughs> I remember that. And, and the thing is, huh? The, the backup is just the same. Like right? we played against him, I was like, man, them boys can—they got nice feet on them, man. It's, it's it's a team effort when you tackle them. We all need to be there. I need help. Yeah, come everybody. on, come on, come on. <laughs> so I always tell them, come with me. Hurry up, get here, because I don't want to look bad. I don't want to be on the ground, but I done probably end up on the ground like two or three times playing against him. Trying to get them legs, but a great quarterback. That's why he get paid what he paid. No doubt, man. No doubt. All right, make some more noise for Tyus Bowser, Jadevion Clowney. Hey, uh, Rita, you asked for it, and Great Eights memorabilia has made it happen as they are hosting a Beyonce brunch. Beyonce! I'm excited. Saturday, <laughs> December 2nd at Horizon Cinemas Aberdeen including a private screening of the Renaissance movie, a catered brunch, a Beyonce karaoke contest. What's your I'm go winning that, baby. What's your go-to? Oh, go that's over. What, that's over. What you doing? Because nobody is beating me, okay? What, what are you doing? I'm going to sing Resentment. I'm going to sing Ooh. it down to the ground. Nobody Ooh. is beating me. I am a karaoke queen, by the way. Nobody in here wants to see me. Just understand, I will beat you at karaoke. If uh, if the Ravens personal, huh? If the Ravens win the Super Bowl, you're gonna come back and do a live on Absolute, the Tyus Bowser. I will That's, do a full concert. All the songs y'all want me to do, I will do it. I will dress up. I will do like Prince and do the. I will do everything. Whatever y'all want, I got it. Plus uh, glam sessions, popcorn and drinks. Get your tickets. GreatHMemorabilia.com with the number eight. When we come back in, we will look ahead to Detroit on Sunday. And I gotta get Tyus' thoughts on the new Drake.